Hello and welcome to StarkCast. I'm Joe Stark, and this episode is a Comic Talk episode that I recorded with my good friend and co-host on Number One Comic Books, Rod Clairbout. Uh, Rod and I kind of set off with the intention of talking about the many Donny Cates books that we're absolutely in love with, and we ended up talking a lot more about just our different uh, books that we're loving on our poll list right now. So this was a really fun episode. It it definitely starts off pretty weird and different. <laughs> uh, before we officially started recording, Rod and I were talking about the Joe Rogan experience, and then that turned into a conversation about psychedelics, and then that turned into funny, comma, embarrassing personal history story, and then Rod and I just laughing quite a bit. <laughs> so yeah, why not? I, I left it in. And and really, like probably about the first hour or so of this episode is, is more kind of just random conversation shit. I think it takes us about an hour to get to the comic talk. It's it's crazy, and dude, I can't believe like how much like shit Rogan's done. Like he's done so many different things. Like he's done all the psychedelics, basically. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's fucking. I. Like he was talking. I think about either. He did uh, talk about how he'd done acid. I know for a while he had said that he'd never tried acid, but I think he said he did. Yeah. He the one episode I was listening to today, he was talking about DMT a little bit. When he had his whole vision on that. That sounds scary. I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, he said it's like the mo- one of the most intense things ever, but it lasts like 10 to 15 minutes, and like your life has changed afterwards. Like you look at life completely differently afterwards. See, that kind of happened to me when I had like my bad trip that I had like years and years ago when I was in my early 20s. And it, it did feel like a reset button. Like the next day it was like, huh, same old bullshit or really look at the way... <laughs> <laughs> look at really look at the consequences of your actions. What what are the real reasonings behind certain behaviors that you exhibit without even consciously thinking about that you do it? Yeah, weird shit, dude. Yeah. I went into a little hut in the woods to think about that too. It was very fucking weird. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so awesome though. Yeah, yeah. I went out into the woods and I built like a little hut out of sticks and I covered it with grass and started a little fire inside and I sat there and thought. <laughs> and I had some granola bars and a bunch of liters of water. And I remembered it was important for me for some reason. I was like, I got to have liters of water. Liters. <laughs> I sought out liter bottles of water. <laughs> liter of cola. <laughs> <laughs> and I caught a fish in the river and cleaned it and took it out there and cooked it on a campfire and thought about why I am the way I am. <laughs> if that's not shirtless bear fighter, I don't know what is. <laughs> he just literally described his life tripping. <laughs> Some of the whole, you know, being raised by bears part. Older brother <laughs> betrays you. Family kicks you out. Older brother betrays you even further with the manufacturer of a toilet, par- toilet paper company that's trying to buy your forest to turn it all into toilet paper. 
Maybe that was actually you in another life. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this, is only have... story, this is that story being told now. <laughs> to only have a monster hog like Shirtless Bear Fighter. I can't imagine <laughs> the confidence. <laughs> right. Just never grow clothes to anything and just never wear boxers. Just, just the level of confidence that you would have. <laughs> like if you literally walked around, it's like, like just on our average day, it's like, it's slapping low fucking thigh. Maybe even your knee if it's really fucking hot out. Literally just walk around in sweatpants with no underwear on all the time. <laughs> Go out to the mall and just walk around. <laughs> so fucking awful. <laughs> He's so fucked up. It'd be even worse to walk around with like flesh colored yoga pants all day and you just have this fleshy fucking colored bulge of a python fucking going down your fucking leg. <laughs> You can see like the, the mushroom and everything. Oh no! It's like I see the outline of the helmet. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. So welcome to the show, people. <laughs> it always dicks always gets brought up somehow. Uh, yeah, we're just rolling with this. So yeah, dick talk in the first like. What, <laughs> Ten minutes or so. <laughs> oh shit! <sighs> ah, that's fucking hilarious, though. Yeah, but Ooh. honestly, that would have to be super uncomfortable, though. I mean, it's uncomfortable just to have your balls stuck to your leg a little bit on a on a really fucking hot day. You move the wrong way; it's not good. Yeah, yeah if it was the whole fun. length of your fucking dick stuck to your leg, fuck that. Yeah, it'd be really um, uncomfortable after a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. No one could ever take you seriously. When does the happiness of the big giant dick wear off where you're just like, seriously, I got to lug this fucking thing around. Women are terrified of it. The ones that aren't terrified of it terrify me. You think you always have to have like a sweatshirt wrapped around his waist backwards on him? <laughs> just covering the guy like a little apron. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how on the shirtless bear fighter figure you can buy it has a pixelated dick on it. Right. <laughs> I'm half tempted to get one of those. I'm not sure though I would. I don't know where I'd put it. Like if I put it at work, I think like I might get in trouble. <laughs> it's clearly pixelated HR lady. <laughs> or person. It can't be offensive. No one can actually see it. It's a figure of a cartoon. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> Oh my god, dude, this list of things that medical marijuana will treat is ridiculously huge. It's probably like a hundred different things at least. Oh, it's it, oh, at least. It's <laughs> it's alphabetical, and it's like you gotta scroll along. Alphabetical, two columns, and you gotta scroll for a long time to get to the bottom. Writer's cramp is the very bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Doc, I'm having a lot of writer's cramp. <laughs> I, really, I really think that this writer's cramp would be better <laughs> if I could just get fucking stoned. <laughs> the doctor would be like, why'd there? you choose to use the F word? Because it will also treat Tourette's syndrome. <laughs> right. It literally treats like everything. And then like, especially like when you use it in like oil form and stuff like that for like some really severe stuff that even helps too. Like a lot of people with like epilepsy or have like really bad seizures. If oh yeah. The oils and stuff like the seizures almost disappear. 
I've heard some amazing stories about the yeah, the CBD oil treating seizures. Yeah. I don't know. It's a pretty amazing fucking plant with all the different shit it can do. And then just the fact that it could put you into that, you know, slightly euphoric, just relaxed fucking state as well as like make fucking plastic. You can make clothes out of it, like all sorts of crazy shit. It's crazy though that like euphoria is considered a side effect of stuff. Uh, Yeah. That is fucking like like having just like having an overall sense of feeling good is a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, why wouldn't you always want to be in that type of feeling? <laughs> yeah, it's it's illegal when it's in marijuana, but it's legal when it's in sugar and they slip it into everything you fucking eat in your diet to slowly give you a, you know, a slight feeling of, oh, I feel a little bit better about this fucking shitty thing that we call life. <laughs> God, I can't. Yeah, and it's all like, it's just crazy, too, because it all started with just fucking propaganda and shit. Yeah, I know. Lots of weird stories with it, right? Yeah, because it's all about it's like that whole like paper thing, like right? Like they were gonna replace tree paper with hemp paper or something. Yeah, yeah, that's the the story I heard, and I, I heard it. It gets repeated on Rogan's podcast quite a lot. Is that William Randolph Hearst was he owned a bunch of forests and paper mills because he had all these newspapers, and there was talk of you know maybe switching over to hemp paper. Hemp was just a growing commodity. And he saw it going that way, and he didn't like it, and so he wrote a bunch of propaganda about it. And I'm sure that the the hippies and stuff using it when they're protesting Vietnam, that's when further th- uh, laws were made against it and stuff. And that's when psychedelics were put on that list of things that have absolutely no benefit. Whereas, actually, there is a lot of proven benefits from uh, like mushroom use and stuff like that. It can help with Fuck, now I need to look that up, too. <laughs> yeah, I've heard about that. that it's, that's also been beneficial for things. But I've heard, um, what was it? There's, like, a couple of, like, the, what's that one uh, type of psychedelic trip that you do where you have to go travel over to, like, the Amazon for, like, a week? Oh, that's ayahuasca. Yeah, I've heard that one, though. Can, um, like, they, uh, I remember Rogan was mentioning that he knew someone that their kid or something went over and did it. And he wasn't, I guess, in a great mental state beforehand. And then when yeah. he came back, like, it put him in a really bad way and he ended up killing himself. Because, like, it just put him in, like, a super, I guess, like, crazy depressed. Because, I guess, like, when you come down off of it, it can do that. And when you do it for, like, a week straight, it can be really strong on you. I can imagine it would really fuck with the dopamine levels in your head. And if you were yeah. already prone to depression before, like, that's one of those things where it's like, if you are prone to depression, it's like, playing around with things like psychedelics it's like you need to be really careful and definitely have supportive people around you and stuff because it does mess with the levels in your head like i i remember when i was you know pretty much like a kid and and i fucked around and did stuff like that there was one summer where my friends and i did ecstasy a handful of times and that feeling of awfulness the next day like you'd never be happy again and it was because your brain had just like exhausted all its dopamine supply for like three hours the night before and then you wake up the next day and it's like your levels are lower because it's like you exhausted so much of it and so for like a much of that day it's like it's like a hangover plus fucking depression damn so it's like you get like a crazy high for like a short amount of time and then just a long long deep drop off for a while yeah it was fucking i can definitely see how like md MDMA 
therapy and stuff like that could be very beneficial for people because the level of euphoria that it puts you in is fucking amazing. You can be like, I'm rolling around on the floor and I'm breathing and I'm alive and it's the happiest feeling I've ever had in my life. I feel so free and amazing and I love everything around me. Like the people who are like, yeah, you take XC and all you want to do is fuck. And it's like, okay, I don't, I don't know. I, th- I think that you're just talking. <laughs> I think you're just talking about shit that you've heard other people say or you've misconceptions about it. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about the whole take ecstasy and fuck thing, but I, I think they they always make it like well they always like portray it I guess that way in movies and stuff like you always see people taking ecstasy at like the rave nightclub parties and stuff. Oh yeah, in in a lot of the way that things are portrayed in in movies and TV shows and shit like that. Like the one that always bothered the shit out of me is that my mom and dad were they're always on me to watch the big bang theory. And it's, I, I think it's great that they have a show that they love, but for some reason, like my mind rebels at the thought of watching the big bang theory. And so <laughs> I just won't fucking do it. And so they're like, Oh, you got to see this one episode. And so they play it where they go out camping and they eat pot brownies and they're acting high the way that you would get from smoking pot. And it's like, that's not, yeah. the, that's not what happens when you eat it. Like those guys should have been sitting there terrified that they could feel the fucking planet spinning. <laughs> Right. Or something yeah, like that. Like not they, like, they, oh, wow, man. We're especially like, with how like many of them they now. would have And it's like, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Edible, edible of a highs are way different. And they last a lot longer. <laughs> <laughs> and when you're on, and it's like, and when you're on that ride, like you can't get off until it's done. Like there's no <laughs> slowing it down. Like you just got to hold on to your life. Like, have you heard, have you heard video the, of the cops? Yes. I was going to actually say that. Oh my God. <laughs> It was so funny. It's like, oh, we're dying. <laughs> like, we're, we're dead. We're dead. We're dead. <laughs> we're dead. We, we, we took we some marijuana and, and then we died. And time's moving really slow. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Oh, shit. See, that's what that episode of the Big Bang Theory should have been. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, it's so funny because, like, people freak the fuck. Like, I was listening to... Um, Oh, what was it? Um, did you listen to the Rogan one where he had those two girls of the that host that other podcast, like the guys we fucked or something? Yes, yeah, that was. I think when, I listened to that episode a couple times. It was so good. Yeah, like they're her talking about when she ate that part of that cookie right before she got on the plane. <laughs> she like had a fucking panic attack. And she's like, <laughs> "Why is this seven year old staring at me?" <laughs> she's like, "She's literally just looking at you because she's never seen a grown person throw a temper tantrum." <laughs> 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 it's like pull it together you can't get us kicked off the plane pull it together come on <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be horrible i guess she was already terrified of flying to begin with so it's like fuck that's just gonna make it 10 times worse no way no way what's funny too is like i remember when i started climbing and like i would get this feeling in the pit of my stomach every time before i had to climb and it was like basically like a performance anxiety like a like a fear of stepping into the unknown. Like, am I going to make it to the top without falling? Am I going to fall? Am I going to have to do this again? Is it, am I going to get pissed off? Is it going to be like when I was a kid and I was playing video games and I kept dying on the same spot over and over and over again? God, that's the most frustrating thing ever. Yeah. But imagine doing that fucking physically. And it, and it happened after you got fucking 60 feet up, <laughs> you know, and it's like fucking Jesus. awful. And so like, for me, that turned into like this anxiety that I would feel in the pit of my stomach. 
and like I was like, this is the same feeling as fucking eating an edible. Why do people do that? Why do why do they want to <laughs> have that fucking feeling of impending doom and fucking terror in the pit of their stomach? So but I don't know. I know a lot of people like edibles, but uh, no. I just, yeah, I just, I just got to make sure that there's not like multiple around because. Like when I get when I get when I get because <laughs> you will like, eat them. <laughs> yeah, because I I'll get stoned and then I have the munchies and then I'll end up eating another one just because I'm hungry and then it's too late. <laughs> so it's like there should only be like one, just the one. I'll eat the one and then if I get the munchies, I'll just eat whatever food I have around. But no, <laughs> oh, yeah, I haven't done those in a while. So yeah, I know if if Iowa were to like legalize everything in. You know, and, and there were like employee protections and everything. Cause I've heard that that's kind of the case in some of the states that have legalized it so far as there really aren't employee protections. So even though if it's legal in your state and it's still like a policy with yeah, your work the company. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of stupid. Cause it's like, okay, some guy can come in fucking hung over his fuck and be totally worthless. But whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like, even if Iowa were to do that, I don't know if I'd fucking go buy edibles. Because I'm, I'm, you know what I would do is curiosity would kill the cat and I'd be sitting freaking out going, yeah, you knew this was going to happen, Joe. Why did you fucking <laughs> do this to yourself? <laughs> well, that's why you got to do it like on a, like on a Friday night or something like that. So that way so you I have can time ruin to... my Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, well, that way, you know, like you at least have like, you don't do it on a work night just in case for some reason it lasts longer than you expect. And then you wake up the next morning, you're like, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, if you eat it yeah. and you wake up, then you're still fucked up the next day. Yeah, because like, you didn't realize like how hard it's going to hit you or something because you hadn't God. had one before you, or you take too much. That would be fucking awful. Because, yeah, because like, basically those cops like OD'd on, on marijuana, but you can't die from it. So it's like, that's just what happens when you OD on it. <laughs> like, you just think you're going to die. Well, they didn't OD, they just went too deep. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> It's great though because it's like literally impossible, like physically, like to, to be able to smoke the amount that you would have to to die is like incredibly high in like a, such a short period of time. Yeah, and that's basically the same with like psilocybin mushrooms, which which if I had known that when I was fucking twenty years old, <laughs> I wouldn't have had a bad trip because the whole right. tri- bad trip was predicated on. This was the most amount of mushrooms I've ever done. I've never tripped this hard. Oh, my God. I'm dying. Is, is this the end? Of, am, am I dying? And then that spiraled down a whole path of, you're such a fucking loser. You're going <laughs> to die from a drug overdose, you fucking loser. And so like then that was reverberating through my head in the hut in the woods the next day. Like, how can you not be a loser? <laughs> like, you thought you were going to die from drugs last night. How can you not be a loser? So in the end, it was a beneficial experience, but it was a very strange road to get there, right? Yeah. <laughs> have you been um have you been watching uh Yellowstone? No, I've not started it yet. Oh, it fuck, looks dude. fucking it's, amazing. It is so goddamn good. Before Holy shit. There was a full trailer for it before Solo. And so the the first trailer I saw for it was in the theater and I was like, "Holy fuck, that looks good." Yeah, dude, these Oh my god, these performances are incredible. And Kevin Costner, seeing him in this, and just thinking back, like I honestly can't think of a bad movie he's done. Like he is a fucking great actor. Yeah, I've liked Kevin Costner for fucking years, man. Like, yeah, like I loved him in Ten Cup, uh, Bull Durham. 
Oh, shit. What else? Um, I like The Guardian. That was really good for the love of the game. I've never seen The Guardian. That's with uh, Ashton Kutcher. It's like those like Coast, Coast Guard. Gu- Coast Guard movie. I remember the trailers. Yeah. It's like the special, like the, they're divers and stuff to rescue people in hurricanes or whatever. Or bad storms in the water. Uh, what else has he done? He's done a lot. Ashton Kutcher, like he grew up not too far away from where I live. Really? Like within an hour or so. Like occasionally uh, he comes back to Iowa to visit people. And like you always hear awesome stories like, oh my God, Ashton Kutcher was in a restaurant. And he found out that the people across the room were celebrating their anniversary. And so, you know, he paid for their whole meal and had a, the most expensive bottle of champagne sent over and wanted it to be like a surprise or whatever. It's like I've heard that story like multiple times. So apparently he's a really fucking cool guy. Yeah, he's always seemed like a really cool guy. Like I can't ever remember any like shitty stories I ever heard about him with like the the press or anything like that. So it's like him, like Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves, I just fucking like <laughs> he sounds like the most. Awesome. He seriously sounds like the most fucking incredible person ever. Like he is the most interesting man in the world. <laughs> yeah, right. Because <laughs> like, well, it's crazy because like you've seen like he did all that training and shit, for, like the gun shooting and stuff for uh, the John Wick movies. Yeah, so like he can legit do all of that stuff. And then just hearing, like, I guess he donated, like, almost, like, I don't know if it was half or 75% of his salary from the Matrix trilogy to pay um, all the like, special effects people and everything because they deserved it. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, was, I got excited when I saw him actually training, you know, with, like, the the AR and handgun and stuff and going through the one of those courses. Yeah. Because, um... I don't know. I, I, I know that gun specifically in America is like very controversial, but it's also fun as fun to or really, really fucking fun to shoot, dude. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> Have you ever shot an AR? No, I've only shot, I think I've shot smaller rifles, shotguns, and then like a handgun once. It, the recoil is absorbed within the stock. So when you shoot it, it almost feels like the gun just like buzzes a little, but it doesn't like kick against your shoulder. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking interesting. And it's like a weird erector set for like gun nuts. It's like, you can just get like a base oh, of an can, AR can, and just yeah, you like, can, like pimp put it all out. Kinds of, yeah. You can put all kinds of different. I've heard about that. Dude, if they weren't so expensive, I would have fucking bought one back in the day when I was like totally gun nuts. How much are they? Uh, the ones or, that I wanted back then, like it, it probably would have been between seven hundred and a thousand dollars to like get it, and I was like, "Fuck, I, I, I can't afford it." Ultimately, like when when guns were kind of my hobby for a few years, like it was, it was a depressing hobby because I'd look through magazines, I'd look at these really cool guns that like aesthetically, like they looked good, and I was like, "I would like to own that." And then you'd look at the price tag and be like, I'm not going to own I can't, that. I, I can't own that. Or you do own it. And then when you want to go out and shoot it, it's expensive as fuck to just go and send lead down range. And so like, yeah. eventually I kind of came to my senses and was like, this is a fucking rich man's hobby. And you're not a rich man, Stark. You fucking quit this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even if you were able to make your own bullets and stuff, I mean, that would still be pretty expensive and time consuming on your end. Even if just that, that extra time probably wouldn't even make it worth saving. It, it I, I did that too. I had an ammo press and I pressed my own nine millimeter rounds. How much did it save you compared to just like buying them? You'd think, uh, 
I had it all worked out on paper at one point. It was like a bit of a time saver or a bit of a money saver, but it's like, how much is your time worth? I had a single stage yeah. press. So you would literally do each round one at a time. And then when you're, you know, you're supposed to pick up all your brass at the range anyway, you know, but a lot of people don't. And so then I'd be at the gun range with like empty coffee cans, like picking up all the brass I could. <laughs> and like, then you'd have to go through and sort it be like, okay, this is a 45, throw it in that coffee cup. This is a 40, throw it in that coffee cup. Sweet, nine millimeter. And then, you know, cause ultimately that's what I was going for. Cause I shot nine millimeters. Yeah. But it was, you know, it was cool. There was a lot of process <laughs> to it. I mean, you'd have to like set your press to like, so that when you pressed it all the way down, the bullet came out to like the car, the full cartridge came out to like a certain length. And so you'd check it like with a set of calipers and then make sure that all your dies were set at the correct height in the machine and everything. And then you'd have to weigh out your gunpowder amount that you were putting in and make sure that it was like a, you know, the same amount going in every time. And you'd have to kind of fiddle with the setting on that to see about how powerful you wanted it to be. And so like, you'd have to like keep track of like, okay, this box of ammo has this much grain in it. This box has a little bit more and you kind of measure it out and see how you would shoot with it. But then shooting's really weird too, to where it comes down to, if you do not squeeze the trigger correctly, like especially shooting a handgun, it's like your bullet's going to be way off. Yeah, because you're, you're supposed to do like a slow squeeze compared to like a quick pull. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's there's so many fucking variables into it. It was a fun hobby. It was really cool. I especially loved watching my wife shoot because <laughs> she was always such a good shot. And it was fun watching guys at the range react to how well she could shoot. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no way she's going to be good at shooting. And then all of a sudden, watch out. Yeah. <laughs> The best was when she she put like all ten of her rounds like like in the fucking centering of this target and like these five dudes next to us were like, I wouldn't want to break into her house. <laughs> <laughs> have have you seen um there's a video of like a a girl that shoots uh like a huge like three fifty seven Magnum or something like that? And like it's her boyfriend's gun or something, they're recording her shooting it and they don't tell her about like the kickback on it. And so she's holding it out with one hand in front of her face and she shoots it and it like hits her. Like the recoil of the, the gun comes back and knocks her on the top of the head oh, and knocks God. her out. Jesus. You know, like on the one hand, like I love fail videos and like I watch them with my kids and laugh my ass off at them all the time. Yeah. But could you imagine doing that to your girlfriend? I'm going <laughs> to guys get be- this. I'm going to trick my girlfriend into whacking this heavy ass piece of steel <laughs> right against her beautiful face. And we're all going to laugh. It's like, dude, I hope you're going home alone tonight. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? What an asshole yeah, thing su- to do. It is such a dick move. <laughs> like, I remember the when I would take people I, out and I've, shoot trap if they'd never shot a 12-gauge before, like, I would watch the way they held the gun. And if they didn't, I'd be like, firmly against your shoulder or it's going to hurt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have, I think I'd be more pissed, though, with... um the fuckers that you do like the airbag pranks on people. Oh my God. Those always look like they hurt so bad. Like that would just yeah. have to fucking mash your nuts. Or like when they tire, like they do like the, um, they blow up a tire on people and shit like that. Like with putting all the air in his stuff. But oh, like, yeah, that's it gotta like, be fucking dangerous. I mean, like clearly that so, shit's dangerous. It, yeah. It looks so fucking painful. Like if someone tried pulling that prank on me, like dude, what the fuck? Like that's not cool. Like, <laughs> 
that you're going to cause me like real injuries. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Hey, when, when I'm up and walking around and fine and maybe in like a month or two, when you're not really thinking about it anymore, I'm just going to full bore punch you in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah. You, it, and when it happens, it'll just be standing over and be like, you had it coming. <laughs> right. You got five more coming. You, you mash my balls. I'm going to mash yours. <laughs> like, I'm cool if you want to play like the, the office pranks, like in the office with like the fucking, the jello mold and shit like that. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen some of those that are pretty Dude, fucking crazy. Some of the, the some of the pranks are so funny in that show. Like, I um, Jim takes all of. Uh, did you did you watch the show much? No, I've actually only watched like I watched a handful of episodes from the first season years ago. My sister loaned me the DVD set, and that like uncomfortable humor that yeah. um, Michael Steve, Scott does. Yeah, I I couldn't I couldn't get into it. Like I I was too. I had too much of like, um, that's why I'm trying to say it. I have too much like Dude. empathy with yeah, characters so and stuff. Embarrassed for him. Yes. To where I <laughs> was fucking mortified watching it. And like, like me and Lindsay used to watch the shit out of friends. And there were certain episodes of friends where it would have that sort of humor where like Ross would fucking humiliate himself or something like that. And I was like, I can't fucking watch it. I can't do it. Like, <laughs> he can't get his pants back up. <laughs> <laughs> What I color's the some, cream? I was gonna say if it's green, you could rip them up slaps, and tell her you're the Hulk. Slaps himself in the face with baby powder on his hands. That's <laughs> <laughs> so great. I love that we just dipped into friends talk. <laughs> right. I always think of that episode when I think of friends. That and like the the whole pivot. <laughs> pivot. <laughs> Every time I hear pivot at work, I always think of that. We've been watching lots of uh, comedians in cars getting coffee. Yes. And uh, I watched one yesterday where there was like a little red sports car and it made me think of the episode of Friends where Ross is having the midlife crisis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I like that comedians um, getting car or cars and comedians and coffee shit. That's that's a good show. It's really, really great. Like We've liked, been uh, really enjoying it. I watched a couple of the new ones. I watched the Chappelle one. I've watched a lot of the early early seasons. Um, like the one with Jim Carrey was kind of crazy. Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. That was interesting. Um, fuck, who else? He has a lot of people on there. He has Bill Burr on there. That one's pretty good. Yep, I watched that one. That was pretty good with when they were in the Boss 302. Yeah. Dude, some of those cars are so slick. <laughs> some of them are like... Yeah, some what of them are like the really fuck out there. Is this? The one that he had um, a the French comedian on. And they were in some fucking car that was like the first one produced in France after World War II and had like a two cylinder engine, top speed of 40 miles an hour. And it just <laughs> kept dying in the middle of the fucking road in New York City. I don't think I saw that one. Oh, <laughs> you can tell that he's getting super pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they probably just give him a car and he expects it to work and they don't, he doesn't know. Yeah, right. They probably just show them here's how you turn it on because some of them looks like there's like multiple fucking things you have to do. I think that's part of just how he does the show is that he's uh, like, you know, like he's just I'm going to fiddle with all these fucking switches and yeah. shit is just a way to show you that the car has them. Because the very first episode, I was like, what a fucking weird car. You got to do fucking seven switches and push right. buttons before you fucking start it. 
That's what I was thinking. I was like, damn, <laughs> like, this would be impossible to steal. Yeah, yeah, because the first episode I watched was one with Zach Dick Galifianakis. And okay. it was it with some fucking weird at like, what the fuck was it? It's like some sort of VW, maybe, that they had put like a different engine in the back of. And so then they had to like put like a radiator on top of like the back seats. It was a fucking Frankenstein of a car. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, but since it was a weird car, that's why I went and picked up, you know, weird Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he always tries to get a car that matches that person's personality or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I've seen two of the episodes with Brian Regan, and those ones were some of my favorites so far. But I'm a huge Brian Regan fan, too. I'm trying to think. I saw the Kevin Hart one. Um, I saw the one he did with the actress who played Elaine in Seinfeld, uh, Dreyfus. Oh, nice. That one was pretty good. Um, so, so I feel like I saw a lot. The I feel like didn't he do one with Letterman? Hmm, he might maybe. Have. I can't remember. Either I know I've been watching the, the Letterman the Letterman interview things too, which are pretty good. I've heard that's really good. I haven't watched any of them yet. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I've watched all of them because a couple of the people like I didn't either know at all or just didn't have any interest in listening to. But. The rest are, I like the Obama one was good. Um, who else did he do? He did Howard Stern. That one was good. I think he had George Clooney on. That one was really good. And it's just kind of like interesting getting to hear more from him because he's crazy. Because he actually, uh, my dad and him were actually in the same, uh, one of their same college courses together at Ball State. Oh, weird. <laughs> yeah. It's like my dad's pretty old, so. <laughs> 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 that made me think of that story you told a while back that every time you go over it's like your dad tricks you into doing yard work yeah god damn it every <laughs> fucking time he always tries to, he's like yeah we gotta get up on the roof and get some leaves off the gutter or something he's like yeah, i need you to pick up the sticks in the yard so i can mow the lawn when we get back from dinner <laughs> like fuck <laughs> So like I used to do yard work all the time growing up. I was like, I can't even come back just like to visit and you guys still make me do work. Like he tried to make us do yard work on Christmas one time. My mom was like, nope, I'm not doing it. That is so fucking hilarious. And my dad, what's great too, is like he buys like for like Christmas and his birthday and Father's Day and stuff. He just buys himself what he wants and then makes sends an invoice to me and my brother just for half. <laughs> we just pay it back for it. That's fucking awesome. He'll, he'll like email me a scanned copy of the receipt and then like write on <laughs> handwriting what I own. <laughs> That's so it's super efficient and like as a fellow dad I can appreciate his his efficiency. <laughs> right. I think it's kind of genius. <laughs> It's also it's like it's so mechanical. <laughs> it's a, it, I mean, he's never he's not like a dick ever, and about it gets like himself something super expensive, and it's like here you owe us, you owe me five hundred bucks or something. <laughs> it's not, it's, he never does something like that. Like, like I know we got my dad floor mats and stuff for their car, his new car for Father's Day. So I think I, I mean, I think I would like a hundred or something for that, but. That's like the most expensive thing I think he's ever we've ever got him for Father's nice. Day, probably. At least I can remember of recent. <laughs> it sounds like you just drove into a tunnel. Oh, now it stopped. 
Oh, we good? <laughs> Maybe it's did my AC kick on? Okay, that no. could be it. Okay. Yeah, my AC kicked on. Sorry, it's hot over here. That's okay. Don't don't turn it off. Instead, let's have a moment of silence and listen to the AC. And I'll take <laughs> that sample out and try and scrub it out of the recording. <laughs> okay. That is some damn fine AC. Right? It feels so good when it kicks on. <laughs> Dude, is the air conditioning fucking amazing? Yeah, it is pretty incredible. Like, it would suck ass to be Amish. <laughs> like, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, that's... Like, I'm an outdoorsy person, but AC has made it that I don't want to go camping in the summertime. I don't. Seriously. like, unless that. Like, I'll go camping in the spring. I'll go camping in the fall. <laughs> like, I got I got lucky last weekend at uh, the concert that I went to that like we it was seriously like the best day this whole summer that I could even remember. It was like no clouds in the skies, like high was like seventy six with no humidity, and the low was like in the low sixties or something or high fifties. So it was like fucking perfect the whole night, and like it's like that's the weather I wish I could live in year round. No kidding, right? Like, I mean, fuck, fuck yeah, the wet, like, fuck, like, it's I too love much fall. to ask that it just be nice out. <laughs> I love the fall because, like, that's comfortable weather where you can walk around in, like, jeans and a t-shirt or just, like, jeans and a hoodie and feel comfortable even at night. Yeah, but some of the cunty like, bugs have fucking left the scene. Yeah, and then, but then it's, like, nowadays with fucking everything, it's, like, we only get the fall for, like, three weeks and it starts dropping to, like, 25 degrees outside in, like, mid-October and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck is right. I know. And we don't have spring anymore. We just have fucking summer and summer and winter. I know. I know. Like, like people want to be like, you know, make the jokes about global warming. That it's like that was a really fucking cold winter. Global warming, huh? <laughs> and it's like, well, kind of what it really means is like crazy fucking shifts in in weather, like weather extremes. And yeah. It's like when we're not, not when we're seeing a shortening of what feels like a shortening of the spring and a shortening of the fall. It's like eh, it's, it's kind of fucking spooky. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know, man. That, but you're not it's fucking like, wrong, dude. Fall and spring are the best fucking times of the year. Yeah, they're the most comfortable weather times. And then, like, the very, sometimes the very early parts of summer, but when it's, like, fucking 95 degrees out with, like, 90% humidity and no no wind, it's like you just step outside and you're already soaked in sweat. You're like, what the hell? I'm not doing anything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been, like, super thankful this year that that i have a job in an office now and like i got off work today i went to the grocery store loaded up the groceries in my trunk drove home got the groceries in the house and i was a sweaty fucking mess (laughs) it's like what in the fucking but also my car doesn't have ac so that could have been light if i'd have had ac in the car I know. I need to get that. I just need to get the Freon topped off and just see how long it lasts. It'll be like a fucking hundred dollar experiment. Yeah. <laughs> but I just gotta wait till I got a hundred dollars to burn on this experiment. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like I really hope it works, but if it doesn't, I guess I'm okay. <laughs> exactly. It's not like well, that hundred bucks got me three and a half days of fucking AC. Like I don't. I don't know how <laughs> bad because it worked fucking great for years and years. I had that car. The AC worked fucking fine, and then. Was it last summer, the first hot day? I'm like, why is it not getting fucking cold in here? Oh. 
Yeah, and it's been fucking hellish in there ever since. Yeah, I, I can imagine. <laughs> Luckily, I got the windows tinted and shit. Like, I can only imagine how bad it would be if it didn't have that. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah, my car gets <laughs> real hot. I need to get my windows tinted. It's one of the easiest ways to make your car immediately look cooler. Yeah, well, because I have a white car, too, so like the really dark tent while in white looks really good. Yeah, it does. <laughs> so... Just be sure to check what your laws are before you tint your front windows, because yeah, dep- depending on the cop, man, they'll nail you with that fine. Yeah, I think, and like it was great because you know, actually, like I don't know, I think it was. I'm pretty sure I had a, <clears throat> my first car. My uh, best friend's dad had um, kind of like an auto like system shop, and he also did window tinting and all that stuff. So I got my windows tinted at cost, and nice. they did like fucking the lowest tent all the way around my car and the brow dude my car was so fucking dark like you could be like yeah. dead middle of the day you could look right up against the glass and you couldn't see it it's like basically limo tent yeah i was gonna say you basically had limo tent on your front fucking windows too which sucks ass at night oh yeah dude it was so dark trying to look out <laughs> my side windows at night that's how my brother that's how my brother's car is he has the windows tinted so dark but he's he's got this fucking bullshit loophole in the fucking system because uh he was able to get a doctor to write him a prescription for it because he has fair skin. Usually those waivers – see, I have a medical waiver for mine too. But in Iowa, a medical waiver would only allow you to go as dark as a 35% light transmittance on your front windows. So that would be like a 65% tint. Yeah. But then you still have to deal with the hassle of getting pulled over and then showing them the, your card. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, it's – yeah, basically, like my brother was like, yeah, and the problem, like the, the only thing that sucks though is like if you were driving my car for me and you got pulled over, you'd get in trouble. Like it's only for who for me. So if I'm driving, it's okay. So I was like, fuck, that kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? But like, I've never, I've never been pulled over for window tent before. So hopefully, if I did get them tented, it wouldn't. But I think I would get like my friend has someone I got theirs tent that she got their hers tented from and. I think he did what was legal, like the darkest legal on the back windows, and it's slightly lighter on the front passenger windows because the the laws in Ohio. Nice. Yeah, but it's still it's still pretty dark, so it looks it still looks good. Back in the day when I did window tinting, I used to have a whole bunch of those memorized, but that all that's all since gone bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> What's the lowest? Is it doesn't it go by percents for tent? Like ten percent is the lowest. Five per five percent, and that would be the lowest. And so, what's weird is that they would call it a five percent tint, meaning that it's a five percent light transmittance. So it's going to let five percent, you know, of the brightness in, or it's a ninety-five yeah. percent tint. Uh, Iowa's laws at the time where you could go as dark as you wanted on the back half, your front windows, you you had to have a seventy percent light transmittance, which is, and we had one of the legal shades. And it basically looked like saran wrap. <laughs> but it blocked out 99.9% of the ultraviolet light, whereas like the regular film only blocked out 99%. So I was instructed to talk about the benefits of UV of protection. 0.9%. And I'm like, I'm I'm not a good salesman. Like I'm I'm an honest person. <laughs> and so it's like if a customer is like, is this gonna make my window look darker? I'm like, no. Not at all. Like, <laughs> I'm like, on a really it. cloudy day, if you got dark interior in your car, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the shadowing effect. 
God, that would piss off the owner of that business when she'd hear me talking to customers. Be like, I'm not a salesman. I told you that when you hired me. (laughs) It's like, I'm good at talking to people, but I'm a bad fucking liar. And part of being a salesman is at times you have to fucking just be a bald-faced liar, I think. (laughs) Or at least, I don't know. That's a broad fucking generalization. (laughs) (laughs) Might not be wrong, though. I don't know. But there's got to be different layers. I was never a salesman, so. But you, you can't, l- I mean, like anything, though, you can't lump them all together, you know? Yeah. I mean, because I'm annoyed probably- by them just by, like, I know what I want. So it's like, if I need questions or if I have a question, I'm going to come to you. So don't bug me asking if I, that you can help me the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like a used car salesman would be, like, the worst, right? Right. Like, yeah. I like remember- the one from Transformers. <laughs> Transformers. <laughs> Good old rest in peace, Bernie Mac. Oh, no shit, right? <laughs> God damn. I, I've seen that first Transformers movie once, and I think I saw the end of Dark Side of the Moon once. But like I've never actually like sat down and watched those movies. I've seen the first one multiple times. Like the first one I didn't mind. Like that one I kinda liked because I like Shia LaBeouf. And that was, I mean, that was really like I knew of Transformers, but I had never really seen any Transformers stuff before. So like to me, it was okay. I was cool with it. But then like the second one, eh, it was alright. And I don't even hardly remember the third. And I fucking couldn't believe I saw the fucking one, with, the first one with Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> that one was that one with like the Dinobots and shit. I was like, Jesus, and this movie was not good. <laughs> but they make so much money, it's crazy. Have you seen that Saturday Night Live sketch with Andy Samberg where he's talking, he's doing Mark Wahlberg, like talking to a goat? I don't think so. <laughs> he's like, what's up? You're a goat. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to watch it. Because when you listen to it, you're like, oh my God, he sounds exactly like Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Dude, some people's impersonations of others are incredible, like how spot on they are. Yeah. That would be a fun talent to actually be able to do an impression of somebody. Yeah. Or even like in the fact that you can do like multiple people and do them well, like uh, what's his face that does uh, John Madden. Frank Caliendo. Yeah, Frank Caliendo. He does so many good fucking impersonations. <laughs> he had that weird ass short lived TV show also. Yeah. Yeah, he had, I mean, like when he has the John Madden and the Quick Pop popcorn maker, it's so fucking funny. <laughs> My first exposure to Frank Caliendo was like way back in the day. I used to listen to Bob and Tom radio in the morning all the time. Oh, nice. Yeah, they're from Indiana. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yep. they're from. I think they're from Carmel. <laughs> and like, basically, that was the only thing I hated about Bob and Tom was I hate the fucking commercial breaks on terrestrial radio. And I also didn't like that things were edited, which I understand because it's terrestrial radio. But then, like once once I found podcasts, it was like there's no turning back. It was yeah. like, oh, this is this is where the fucking you know talk radio type entertainment is because it's yep. like these fucking people are free. Yeah, and you can listen to like anything. There's so many things that you can listen to. But man, I've heard, and this kind of broke my heart when I heard it. But I've heard lots of stories about like people having a bad experience on like the Bob and Tom show. Really? Yeah, it's kind of fucked. Like I remember I've, there was. Um, I haven't listened to it a whole lot. I just remember more of, like the little songs they did, like the beer run. 
<laughs> beat up and, people are you in right um there's a there's Miran. um fuck there's a what was the other one yeah toast yeah toast, <laughs> toast. and he's like beating a toaster yeah, with two forks or something yeah he's nailing the drum beat with that to get a little jelly get a little jam in the back of bread make toast it's <laughs> the one where he's like starts saying a bunch of weird French words and he's like French toast yeah <laughs> that's good too isn't that the second verse probably yeah it's fucking <laughs> no, funny it's, it's been too fucking long since I've heard any of it but I I, I vaguely remember a lot of it the, but, it does like the redneck smoke your marbles one don't they do that isn't that them <laughs> it could be that, that one's it's, not it's ringing like, a bell for me it's like to the beat of like the 50 cent song in the club <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny it's like go redneck smoke your marbles <laughs> <laughs> that might not be them but I know that's a, like a parody song <laughs> that's pretty fucking funny though yeah, pretty great. <laughs> um, some of weird, some weird Al shit back in the day was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I that was like the first weird music that I heard. Or like, no, it definitely wasn't the first because I remember I had, I actually had a a record when I was younger, and it was called Looney Tunes, and it was something that my mom had had when she was younger, and it had a whole bunch of weird songs on it, like it had you know like Hello Mudda, Hello Fada, yeah, you know like the that sort of era of weird shit. And, uh, but then later on, I remember one year for Christmas, my friend Josh's older brother got a VHS tape with a whole bunch of weird Al videos on it. And so I remember watching the shit out of those and like, actually, I don't know, weird Al songs are great, but when you watch them with the video he does, they're so much better. Yeah. Well, that was back in the day when music videos were actually like a big deal. Yeah. So like they put a lot of time and effort into their videos usually. And nowadays it's like. They don't spend hardly any money on videos. No one really watches videos anymore. That is true. I mean, that's we we tend to put it on YouTube mixes kind of randomly at my house, where it'll just be like you know on the TV in the living room. It'll yeah. just be on a loop, and so I tend to see like the same pop music videos over and over again, just kind of depending on what my wife's listening to that day. And I have I've seen some really good ones though. That you know the art's not totally dead. It's just not as big as what it once was. Yeah. Yeah. It used to be crazy big. Like there's been some, some really good ones with dancing in it. There's fuck. I can't think of what the name of the song is off the top of my head now though, but there's like a Justin Timberlake one. That's fairly recent where it's like a robot dancing and like the CGI in the video and everything is it, it's fucking good, but it's weird. They kind of do up Justin Timberlake. So he looks like Steve jobs. Oh, Nice. Yeah, that's an interesting <laughs> video. But it's Did like, have, I was going to say, it's almost got a little bit of the coolness of like sexy back, like for the uh, song too. Like it, it's, it's, uh, I don't know, sexy back was like way catchier though. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever listen to um, Primus? Oh, fuck yeah, I listened to Primus, dude. Really? I've never yeah. listened to him. I was watching, um, I watched it. I've watched I've watched this the this thing so many times it's the the defiant ones and um they talk about like when uh Ivine signs uh fuck Trent Renner is that his name from Nine Inch Nails? Trent Reznor. Reznor. That then they brought on Primus and like they just kinda like briefly show who Primus was because they like dressed up in like weird, crazy like animal outfits and stuff. 
at their concerts and they played like the cello and shit, like all the types of crazy music. <laughs> the lead singer was fucking incredible with a bass guitar. Or is incredible, I say it like he's fucking dead. Yeah. Have you ever heard Too Many Puppies? It's off, I think, their first album. I don't think so. It's not ringing a bell. Oh like, my I, god, it's so I would, fucking I wouldn't, incredible. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe I've heard a song or two from them, but I just don't know the names of any of the songs, so I wouldn't know it's them. Oh, dude, it's so fucking awesome. Uh, in really, the song's about sending young people off to war, like basically, you know, too many puppies. Yeah, too many puppies are being shot in the dark. Too many puppies are being trained to kill. You know, it's it's fine, but but then just the the beat to the song and the bassline to it and everything is fucking excellent i think you can find a video on youtube it's like a super old video of them playing it live for some radio station like back when they were touring that album oh that's pretty cool fuck yeah it's great uh the first primus song i ever heard though was uh, my name is mud and it was off their pork soda album pork soda <laughs> <laughs> dude pork soda is a fucking great album it's so fucking good my name is mud it's got the bass line where it's like it's so fucking awesome it's like, my name is mud it's fucking excellent dude it's got um the air is getting slippery on it where have you ever have you ever heard the air is getting slippery i don't think so dude it starts off with a banjo <laughs> like a lot of oh, primus nice. starts off it's got banjo and shit in it too it's they're so fucking weird dude there's not another band that sounds like primus yeah that's crazy. Yeah, I've never listened to that. I don't. I haven't really listened to them at all. Um, did you listen to The Offspring? Yeah, I, I remember. I saw the video on MTV for "Got to Keep Them Separated," and I went and bought that album immediately. And so, like, I was, I was super stoked on that album. Really stoked on the song "Self Esteem." And then when that blew up, and then all like the, like the, the ass wipe fucking kids in my school really liked that song. <laughs> it like lessened it for me, and I was like, "Fuck this!" And then that album went away. <laughs> <laughs> it's like i can't like this if you like this because you're a fucking awful fucking excuse for a human being and i fucking hate you <laughs> <laughs> like, have you ever had like that anything. where it's like it's like you have a general feeling about certain sector of your peer group and then if they get into something that you like you have to fucking abandon it because it's like yes, you can't dude. be yeah i would like i would get like i would be salty as fuck like if i was the only <laughs> one that like that it would like as a kid growing up like if i was the only one that had something or and then all of a sudden like a few of my friends got ones too i'm like god damn it <laughs> like you guys why are you guys gonna copy me why did you have to lessen this for me <laughs> right <laughs> your your happiness with this thing that i love lessens this thing that i love <laughs> your happiness brings else. me only darkness <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so wrong when you look at it that way, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's funny. Um, I was uh, searching, I think it was Showtime or Stars, and I found out that they have the fucking Fantastic Four movie on there. Oh, nice. So I can watch it on there if I ever <laughs> want to do that fucking like mystery science type thing. Dude, every once in a while, I try and wrap my mind around I'm like, how is that going to work? Because we're all... All of us are going to be in different rooms. We're connected on Skype. We're going to try and watch it without actually picking up any of the audio from it onto our mics. But we're going to want to hear it because we is need there, to make well, fun of it, the things they're saying. Is there a way that you can like plug in something from like the back of your 
Like, do you, I, you don't have it on TV. I'm guessing you have it digitally, right? Yeah, I'd have to watch it on some sort of digital. Okay, I was trying to think because I wonder, like, if you could, like, if it was on a DVD, if there's a way you could, like, plug a input or something from the back of the DVD player into the laptop or something, so it just records that audio directly from it, so you wouldn't have to actually have it on. Or, and I've also questioned too. It's like, am I capable of having a movie on watching watching a movie in front of me, but then also remembering that I'm recording a podcast and I'm supposed to, to be to, talking? Yeah, remember to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of think, you're just thinking all these thoughts that you want to say, but you never you forget to say them, and then the, by the time it's too late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's one of those things that right now it's like it's a fucking great idea, but I haven't wrapped my head around how to fucking accomplish it yet. <laughs> I also feel like I'd have to watch it, like take notes. Yeah, beforehand. that's what I'm It's almost like you got to watch it and write down the things that you want to crack on right when you watch it the first time and then just mark it like kind of like timestamp it or something on your notes. Yeah. So you know where it, where it's coming or something like that. Just so you, <laughs> and then you can just remember to say them when they're getting close. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Shit's a it science. It would be funny to do, but oh God, I've, I've watched that movie maybe just once. I don't know, it's definitely long enough ago that I'm hazy on all the details, but I remember enough of it that I'm really not stoked to watch it again. Yeah, I never saw it, never saw Justice League. You've still never seen Justice League? Nope. It's um I think it's on it's on HBO now, but I don't have any temptation to watch it just because I've heard like how not good it is. <laughs> so and then you said you bought it and then like it took you months to even get through the full movie. This is true. <laughs> so it's like eh, and i haven't heard anything about like a snyder cut that's going to come out that's going to make it better so even if one <laughs> did come out unless it was like raved about as being like the greatest like extra cut of a movie ever i don't even think i'd want to see it i don't know i guarantee we're not going to see a snyder cut I, right. I, don't, I don't see how that would be in wb's interest and they're the ones who own the rights to it so why would they release it Dude, they don't know what the fuck they're doing with anything. <laughs> this is very true. I've God, already it, I've already broken rule one by applying logic to Warner Brothers. Like even like I'm trying to like hear I mean, I'm hearing about the idea. Like you've heard about like the whole like DC streaming thing that they're gonna do, right? Yeah. So like you heard like what all that entails and everything, right? Uh, shows, some movies, like, shows. like maybe a, a digital comic subscription too. Yeah, it's like I think it's gonna be like the all their animated movies. Um, some shows, some I think some new shows like the Nightwing um, stuff with the Titans. Um, you're supposed to be able to get like comics, but I don't know. It's weird because like they list the comics, but I think they're only just right now putting up like random series. Like they aren't doing full runs, like of all time. Like they're not. It's not going to be quite as um, deep as the Marvel Unlimited. So I don't know. How, I'm kind of curious, like how much they're going to include if it like. Because if they gave you a ton of the DC comics, I would probably do it. Just because that'd be nice to have something similar to Marvel Unlimited for DC. But if not, if it's only just like a couple random series here and there from like Batman and Superman, I will, I probably wouldn't do it. Yeah, I agree. It needs to be deep like the Marvel one is. Because, dude, I love DC characters. I have a hard time keeping up with DC comics because it's just too many fucking things to read. Yeah. Like, have you finished the the six issue man of steel yet no i've i think i've read just the, i think i read the first two issues maybe i read issues five and six after work tonight and it ends in like all comics do 
on the last page, it trips you into what the next story arc is going to be, right? And it says, yep. continued in Superman 1 and Action Comics 1001. And I'm like, motherfucker! <laughs> it's right. to two books? I love read Superman. Two more if you want to. But I know, I, it's like, I've already got such a big pull list. I, I don't want to keep yeah. buying all these fucking books. And so, yeah, it would be great to have something to where I could catch up on it eventually. I don't know how much that actually helps the, the writers in, in the industry right now with their current books, but it's like, seriously, I'm one person. I can only have so many books on my fucking pull list, DC. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the only time now that I like I get digital stuff like that I actually buy is when like Comixology does like really good deals on either single issues or like certain publishers and stuff, and I can just get a really good deal on it and something I can just have. But... Yeah, Comixology Unlimited is the shit. Yeah, because I mean, Comixology Unlimited is great because they have so many different publishers. It's literally like you're just in a big comic shop, and you can just read series upon series of different mm-hmm. different and, publishers. And the unlimited section of that is fucking ginormous. Yeah, it's getting a lot larger. It used to just kind of be like <clears throat> like last year, I think, or two years ago when I started reading on it. Like it always seemed to be you would just get the first volume of a lot of series and that was it. And now yeah, it I seems like they're putting, they're putting a lot more multiple volume, like multiple trades on a, of a series. Like they may not have everyone up there yet. Cause it's like some are still ongoing, but they usually have you no more than like a couple two or maybe two trades behind current. And then if you want to get those other two, you can buy them, but they aren't part of the unlimited. Yeah, I can't believe how much good shit I've read on there, dude. I, I got to read the complete story of girls on there. <laughs> I still I, I still need to read that. You've told me about that a few times. And then I actually got current on... I started it earlier this week on the Marvel Unlimited. I got through uh, the Thanos run. Yes! And that was fucking... God, that was so Thanos good. Thanos wins. <laughs> that was incredible. Because it started with Lemire, and Lemire's... Lemire, I, I haven't read much of Lemire's um big big like a like marvel and dc stuff i've read mainly just his image stuff and seeing him do some of the superhero characters is pretty great like this is awesome with thanos like that run that he was doing was incredible yeah he did the first 12 issues of that and then donny cates took over at 13 and 13 is where thanos wins picked up yeah and god Damn, because in Lemire's run, basically Thanos starts out, he's sick, he's doesn't really have his powers, and there's a bunch of people conspiring to take him out while he's he's down. And then the second arc of that is like one of them in the group kind of betrays him and gets the, the Phoenix Force, right? Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, and then they get a band together with, with Thanos to go take out uh, the, the dude with the... Uh, I don't want to give away who it is. Give yeah, like details. I, like I didn't know any <laughs> of the characters besides Nebula. Yeah, yeah, same here. Like I had no, I had no knowledge on any of the other ones. But then it was pretty cool that the people that were previously trying to kill Thanos then had to join up with him for the second arc. And then basically the third arc, you know, Thanos has all his power back, and that's where Donny Cates jumps on and fucking did takes a, it to a new level. Bang up job. <laughs> that was and then such starts a it, good and then fucking it, story arc, dude. Yeah, that was incredible. Time travel. 
fucking cosmic ghost rider the introduction I, of cosmic ghost rider that and, was incredible i love that i love the way he wrote him too yeah do you, okay so uh, we got to talk humor. about comic uh cosmic ghost rider a minute um yeah i i feel like thanos wins has been out long enough and cosmic ghost rider you know number one just came out we covered it on number one comic books on our last episode and i mean just when you look at the cover of it it kind of gives away what marvel character becomes the cosmic ghost rider and uh yeah yeah so who 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 becomes cosmic ghost rider rod Good old Frank Castle. It was <laughs> incredible. Like that, and that and like the way he told this story, like his backstory in uh, the Thanos wins run. So you got already got like the knowledge on him going into like his own actual comic of Cosmic Ghost Rider. It's fucking great. Yes. The whole story about, you know, he dies and he, he wants fucking vengeance. So becomes fucking Ghost Rider. Nobody else on the planet. He goes crazy. Galactus shows up, fucking terrified, afraid of Thanos. He becomes the herald of Ga- of Thanos or herald of Galactus, and then fucking betrays Galactus and becomes the right hand of Thanos. <laughs> like fucking amazing. Yeah. And the, the way he meets his end in that, which which I I, I want to spoil, but I won't, is just too fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah, God, I was so glad I finished that earlier tonight. And then I read, um, cause I'm like, we're both, we're, we're both, I think reading it basically everything that case has read done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ever since I read God country and redneck, I was like, I'm fully on board and he has not let me down yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I read God country. It sucks. Cause I like, I got the, I that was like right when I kind of started getting comics and I'd heard about God country and how popular it was. So I I, I still don't have a first printing of the first issue. I have like a fourth printing because that's how popular it was. So like all my all my other issues are first issue or first printings, but it's that first issue and like I think it's going for like fifty bucks. And I'm like, nah, I'm not gonna buy that. (laughs) I don't need it that. Like (laughs) like if I could find a really good deal where I could get like the whole run again or something for like fifty, then I might consider it. And then I would just have extras and sell maybe sell those at some point, but. Otherwise, no. I mean, that that story was so good. That and then I started. I think right after that was when he was right when he finished that he was starting Redneck, wasn't it? Yeah, I think Redneck was actually the first Kate's book I read, and then I read God Country after. But dude, God Country is such an emotional story. Yeah, it's it like, is. Very like this this magical sword like comes to Earth, and this guy that the sword pretty much chooses is somebody that has like terminal Alzheimer's to the point where his, his son is having to take care of him and it's like ruining his son's family. Cause his dad is so fucked up with this disease. And like, he's like mean and yells at everybody around him and shit. And then when he touches this sword that comes from outer space, like it clears his mind and he's normal again. And so then like he reconnects with his family and he apologizes and, and there's this awesome fucking reckoning and then you come to find out that, well, yeah, this sword was owned by a fucking god who wants it back. And then he has to fucking fight this god. And wow, what I, is it six issues or seven? It's six. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's sixth issue, too. There's like a panel at the it's one of the very last couple pages of the book. And it's like a huge just splash panel of all these like different memories and all these different things that like he he 
had over the years with his dad or whatever. And that was like the one that fucking hit me. I was like, damn. Yeah. Cause he was able to pass all those memories onto his son. Yeah. Like he couldn't, he never shared them with him when it actually happened, but he had all those feelings just bottled up inside. Yeah. I just flipped through the trade till I found it. It's fucking awesome. Two page spread. Yeah. That was like one that got me like my fucking eyes watering up. I was like, fuck, that was really powerful. And then, yeah, he's done that. He did. He's doing redneck, which is incredible. He's doing baby teeth. That one's wild. Are you are you current on baby teeth? Yeah, yeah, dude. And the God, twist that's... that that took in number eleven was so fucking cool. Yeah, it's about to okay. go to hell, like that hell or whatever it is. Yeah. So, so baby teeth. That's an ongoing Kate's title right now. It's an aftershock book, and baby teeth deals with the birth of the Antichrist. And just the the territory and stuff that that he explores and the way that he is telling the story is friggin' incredible. Yeah, I was so unsure. Like, like I heard like it was coming out. and I heard like the premise of it, and I wasn't really sure if I'd be into something like that. And but I got it because I knew he was kind of a popular guy at the time. That was still kind of relatively new in the comics, but I knew people thought he was popular, so I started just grabbing those issues and reading. I was like, whoa. This did not go the way I was expecting. It was really good. And yeah, that's one of my favorite ones to read. Like I'm always reading basically like my Kate stuff, like right away when I get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that and Williamson. I mean, he's on, he's on a break from the stuff that I'm reading from right now. Like he's not, I can't wait for birthright to come back and figure out where that story is going to end up going. Oh, and then, no kidding. I mean, I've written paper girls. I've, I've actually got almost current on saga. I'm only, I think a couple issues back. Oh, I, I I just read the newest issue earlier tonight, and were, were it's they a on fucking 54? doozy. Are okay. they on 54 or 55? Fuck, it might be 54. I don't know. I'll have to check. I think, I got, I think I'm through 51. I'm pretty sure. So I'm, I'm glad Goose is still alive. <laughs> <laughs> Goose is a little badass, actually. That's so funny. But then, are you current on Descender? No, I'm not current on that. I need to get current on that. I fucking uh, the, that the, the last issue comes out this week, I think, or next week. And then next year, it's going to switch over, and there's going to be like another, it's going to be a, a new story, but like kind of, it's still going to be like related to Descender, and it's called Ascender, and it's still going to be Lemire and Wynn. That's or awesome. Nugen. Nugen. Yeah, no, you're, it's when it's when <laughs> I, was say, it's, I thought you were making fun of me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was, most recent issue of Saga is 53, by the way. OK, so I think I'm either on 50 or 51 then. So I'm not too far behind. I just got like on a binge one day and I just like blasted through like 15 issues of it and got current. <laughs> I was like, fuck it. I just sat up one morning, I had some coffee and I was just reading. Like, I love getting up early in the morning on the weekends and like breaking out like a trade or two and just having some coffee and reading comics. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't sound too bad. It's pretty glorious. I mean, I imagine, <laughs> I imagine it's tough for you because you got your kids and stuff. They wake up pretty early. Sometimes they, they're pretty good about staying quiet though. They wake up and they just go and, you know, grab a Kindle off the charger and just sit and have some screen time before everybody wakes up. Yeah. 
So it's like, oh, yeah, it, great. It's so it's so <laughs> different. Occupy how they, yourself, child. Yeah, it's so different how kids entertain themselves nowadays compared to when we were kids and stuff. Oh, without a doubt, dude. Like I, I still love the fact that like I got to I was kind of like that last generation that grew up where you still like rode bikes to friends' houses. And like, just kind of like went out for the day on your own and came back whenever you just knew you had to be home by a certain time. Like parents didn't really have to worry about any of that stuff. Yeah. That was so that was yeah, dude, that's what it was when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Like, yeah, I'm going over to this person's house. I'll, I'll be back. Whatever. That's it. <laughs> that's the <laughs> last year of it. Or it's like, if you aren't coming home, just you have to give them a quick call. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> Uh, jumping back to Kate's, did I tell you that I got the Cosmic Redneck variant cover for uh, issue 12? No. <laughs> to where it's like the grandpa vampire in space. Oh, I, I, it, I think I got this the normal one of that one. It, yeah, I saw this one on... God, I, I might have got it off eBay. I don't remember it anymore, but uh, it was worth every penny. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this fucking cover is fantastic. And when you put it, like, it needs to be displayed right next to the Cosmic Ghost Rider. Yeah, so you can see how like how close they are. <laughs> it's pretty funny. That the one, uh, that lenticular one of baby teeth is pretty fucking great too. Oh, that I one. know. And then I, ever since you and Jordan busted my balls about that, I was like, you probably should have fucking bought that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it wasn't like it was that expensive. Like we, the way you were describing it when you first told us, like me and him were both expecting it to be like hundreds of dollars. <laughs> And you're like, it was 30. You're like, what? understand how frugal I can be when it comes to spending money on myself. I get you. I totally get that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was able to, like, to swindle a person down on eBay. I lowballed him <laughs> enough to get, get it. Uh, speaking of Jordan, he was bummed out that he wasn't on tonight's episode. I was texting with him, and I told him we were going to be talking a bunch of Donny Kate stuff. He's like, so do you have to mention how much I love that guy? <laughs> like, it'll come up. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Like, like I read Death of it, I, so I got current on Thanos and read that whole run through eighteen, and then I also read Death of the Inhumans, and I don't really have any knowledge besides like I kind of know who Black Bolt is, but other than that, I don't know anything about the Inhumans. But same it's here. a it's a really that was a really good first issue, and that cover was sweet. Yeah, yeah, dude, the fucking skull face. And yeah, man, there's so much fucking crazy shit in that issue. It's basically the the Inhumans are being killed off by like a super Inhuman that the Kree have created, and they're just he's killing these Inhumans and just leaving them floating in space with like basically he's carved into them join or die, and it's all just a ploy to get Black Bolt to join the Kree and fight for him. And there's there's some really impactful deaths at the end of the book. And dude, there's this one great scene in it where Black Bolt like speaks and he's strapped into a seat at the back of their spaceship. And like, he's basically like their warp drive or their hyperdrive. Yeah. It was so cool. <laughs> it was fucking it just, amazing. Just whispers go. <laughs> dude, all these books right now that, how, that Donnie Cates is it. doing and they're all really fucking good. Like it and is really goddamn amazing. I don't, yeah, I don't understand it. Like, it's one thing to be able to write the like unique original stories that he's doing with his independence, like image and aftershock and stuff. But to do what he's doing with Marvel, 
and like recreating these stories with these characters like in a completely new way that no one expected and they're this good. It's insane. Like he's doing so much. He's coming back and writing more Thanos too. Is he really? That's awesome. Yep. Jordan had texted that earlier saying that it's going to be called Thanos Legacy, I think. Ooh, that'll be good. Yeah, we'll have to see what that's all about. <laughs> and then he's ne- and then uh, next week uh or is it it may have been this week that uh, Relay came out. Yes. And that's his, yep, that's I picked his it new up. Aftershock. Yeah. I know. That's going to be awesome. I know. I, um, I've i got all my my books for for the next episode of Number One Comic Books sitting on standby. Cause nice. I read those <laughs> all after one, one after another. Take notes on all of them. The ones that are worthy, I will read again. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we're not going to get another new Lieutenants of Metal. No, I hope not. <laughs> I doubt it with this, the fact that I'm reviewing the Donny Cates one this week. I, I'm imagining it's not going to be very very uh, bad, let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, no shit, right? <laughs> At least I'd, I'd be bummed. I'd be super bummed if I was the first person to pick a shitty Cates book. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Rod, look what you've done. <laughs> like, damn, I'm jinxing every writer. Like, I'm going to be like the Madden. Like, I don't know if you know anything about like um, – the video games, but like the Madden curse. Yes. I've heard of that, that if you get on the cover of it, it's going to make you suck. (laughs) Yeah. Like basically everybody that's been on the cover of it, the following year they're injured or they don't make the playoffs or something like that. Like they, it's basically just a big jinx. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. I have heard that. Even being not a sports fan at all, I've heard of that. I'll end up being that for comic book writers. (laughs) You know, what's funny is that I read issue two of the last siege tonight also and at the very end of that it had a preview for new lieutenants of metal and i was like oh if only i had read this book the day it came out <laughs> right <laughs> i would have known, known what we were walking into and i would have been like mm, i don't know rod you might <laughs> might not want to pick that one but i mean it made for some great fucking comedy <laughs> yeah. well it's like now that like I've, i gotta plan out some more so like these ones, but like the, some of the ones that are coming out though that I've called because I looked at were coming way in advance. I can't wait for those ones to come out. And those ones should be good titles. Like some of the ones I've picked, I've just kind of picked because they kind of sounded just like different out there. Uh, that podcast is so much fun. So I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. If you enjoy these episodes of Startcast where we fucking yammer on about comic books nonstop, you would love number one comic books. Um. I don't. I'm, I don't have my act together enough to actually have like a bumper that I play during the show and <laughs> that advertises for it. But I don't know. I should probably do that. <laughs> Stamps.com. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a fucking terrible business person, though. As soon as like it's like if I'm in the structure of a company, I do great because I have a role. I know what I need to do. But when I'm just the one that's just flat out in charge of it, I'm not good <laughs> with business. <laughs> Like, like you'll notice there's not much activity on the Startcast Facebook page. You know why? I'm not good at that social media shit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not that good at it either. (laughs) Uh, If I were better at thinking around these things, I would have a much stronger presence on Twitter. I would have a fucking commercial of some sort in this show that told you about number one comic books. My other podcast <laughs> that I do with Rod and Brian and Rebecca, which is a fucking awesome time every two weeks, but eh, I'm just not on the ball enough. <laughs> At least I just all, know this about those, myself and I accept it, right? Making all those bumpers for the Supercast. <laughs> 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 and those are hilarious. 
I know it's always fun when I get a text from Joe or Jordan, like, I need you to do this. I'm like, please, God, have it written out yourself so I don't have to think of something on the spot. <laughs> right. Like, just give me a script. I'll, I'll, that's the only way I can do it. <laughs> well, the, uh, the, the, the not safe for work bumper that, that Jordan asked me to do, he was like, yeah, just, just do this. And I'm like, okay. And I was kind of happy what I came up with on that. I thought that that turned out pretty funny. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> you know what's funny too is I talk in that like, voice with my kids enough to where now my ten year old does it too. He's like, "Oh, mate." Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've known like there's like one of my buddies, his friend um, that went to a different college. He would sometimes like when he'd go to like a party or something at a different school or like on spring break, he would just like for a full day or for a full trip just like shoot with a different accent and say he's like from somewhere else. He'd do like a whole Australian accent the whole weekend. <laughs> Are you from Australia? Nah, nah, mate. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> it was so funny hearing those stories about it. Dude, I remember uh, I was working at a deli department in a supermarket and a guy came up and ordered food, and he had this fucking accent that was so bizarre that, like, I actually commented on it. And I was like, where are you from? He's like, oh, I'm just doing this thing. And I'm like, you're fucking weird. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, you broke character? You ruined it. (laughs) All the time, so you'd have a moment of fucking honesty. That's the thing, like, if you're going to try to pull, like, an accent off, you can't break character. That's why I know I can never do it, because I would not be able to hold character at all. (laughs) I I know. I don't know if I could keep a straight face if I could keep doing it. (laughs) It'd be really hard. I know I couldn't do it. Just start fucking giggling. Or I'd just, I'd (laughs) run into a word, and I'd say it wrong, and then I'd fucking be like, oh, shit. (laughs) Right? (laughs) That's like, fuck. (laughs) That one didn't sound destroying at all, mate. (laughs) Like, fuck. (laughs) Sorry, I get like English Tourette's sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you ever seen Dead Man on Campus? Uh, I think a long time ago, maybe. I can't remember it. <laughs> Where they find out that the British roommate <laughs> like, was just affecting an accent. <laughs> nah, like, You're so- not even British. <laughs> it's is, like, that you movie, is that the movie? Is that the movie with um, Zach? Yes. The bell? Yes, where he's the huge pothead. I've heard about it. I don't think I've seen it. Oh, if my I God. Have, watch it. Watch it. You will fucking love it, dude. It's an, <laughs> M- it's an MTV movie, kind of like Joe's Apartment was. Okay. Yeah. Dead Man on Campus. Fucking hilarious. Well, it was when I was watching it all the time back in the day. <laughs> I bet it holds up, though, because that movie was fucking great. Yeah. Did you ever watch um, Workaholics? No, I was never able to get into that. Uh, that I tried it a couple funny. times, but it just never clicked with me. There was this show that was on. It sucked. It only went for a season. I was so fucking bummed because I was really hoping it would continue on. It had um, it was called it was called Glory Days. It was on TBS, and it was like it was I have based- Bruce Springsteen playing in my head now. You fuck. Thank you. <laughs> it was like it was based like in the early '80s or late '70s. And it's like these four college freshmen go to this college and they all end up rushing different fraternities and become friends um, and stuff like that. And then uh, I think the dean is Liam. The fuck the uh, what's his name? The actor that plays Leon Phelps, the ladies man. 
<laughs> oh, God, I can totally picture him. That that actor, whoever that whatever that actor's real name is, he plays like the dean of this school. And it's his first there's name a couple, Tim. Tim yeah, Meadows. Tim, Tim Meadows. Yep. And it it was actually a really fun show. I had a lot of fun with it. And then then all of a sudden, like it just got canceled. I was like, damn it. It was like one of the few good news shows at the time I was watching. Yeah. Dude, there was, I don't know, back, back before I had my DVR and lots of channels and I would watch network TV like every night and I'd get sucked into shows and there'd be some shows that sucked, but I just watched it because that's what was on. And dude, it was always so fucking disappointing. You'd actually find a show that you like and you'd look forward to it. And then like three quarters of the way through the first season, it was just done. Oh, they canceled it. Yeah. It's like, really? But according to Jim went to syndication. Dude, we're so spoiled nowadays with, with like how selective we can be with what shows we watch and how very good most of the shows are. Oh, the bar like has been raised for like, like quality so, television. Yeah, there are so many good shows on Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, uh, all the new shows like on the Paramount Network that are coming out, like Waco and Tombstone, or, those are, or Yellowstone. Those are incredible. And then you got all the HBO shows. It's like There's not... You're never going to have a tough time finding good television. Yeah, that is a fucking true statement. <laughs> like you'll always you can always find a good new series or you can even like dive into one that you haven't started that's older like I know people that didn't like I I didn't watch Breaking Bad until it had finished. And I know one of my friends did the same thing. I haven't even started Game of Thrones yet. I tried watching an episode but I wasn't really paying that much attention and then for some reason the app that I have it skips from the first episode to the third. It has every other episode in the whole series except the second episode of the first season, so it's like I'm missing out on a lot of stuff. That's weird. Yeah, well, it's, it's I don't understand. I don't know if it's a glitch or whatever it is with the app. Um, because I've noticed that with another show that I watched, where like a random episode would just be missing in the season or something. That is fucking weird. Yeah, I didn't get it, and it wouldn't always be like the same episode in each season. It'd be like a different one. Like episode three might be missing in the second season, but then episode seven's missing in the third. What kind of weird ass fucking app are you using? It's so with like my Is it phone. An alleged app? <laughs> no, like my, my phone. So my my phone plan um, with AT and T. If you have an unlimited plan, you get free HBO for life. So you don't get a you Holy don't crap. use yeah. So you don't use the HBO Go app. What you do is you have to download the Directv Now app, and it's a free app. But you download that, and then you use like your login for your for your AT and T account, so they can see what your plan is to make sure you, what you get, and so you get the audience network, and then you have like HBO. So I have to like go through that app, and then go to like the HBO, and do it funnel, funnel through it that way. So it's it's a little bit different. So I think it's just something with the app. But like other stuff, like everything's been completely fine. I don't get it. It's just like random shows every once in a while. That's fucking bizarre. That's a that's a cool deal, but it's too bad their app sucks. Yeah, I mean, hopefully in that they'll get specific that. way anyway. Yeah, hopefully they'll get it figured out later on. I mean, it yeah. seems like they're always doing like bug fixes and stuff to it, anyways. I think you'd really enjoy Game of Thrones, man. Yeah, I just got to get into it. That's the thing. Speaking of Game of Thrones, shit, dude, that second uh, issue of the Last Siege was really good. Was it? Yeah, if if I'm remembering correctly, when we covered that on Number One Comic Books, we said. I think the majority of us liked that first issue, but we wanted it to be picked up with some more exposition in the second issue and explain a little bit more what's going on. Yeah, because there wasn't much in that first one. 
Yeah, and that was exactly what the second issue was. Uh, that's perfect, then. Yeah, the, the fucking writer really j- hopped on the gas <laughs> and progressed the story along, gave you a lot more exposition. Uh, we actually got more than like a one-word sentence out of the protagonist. <laughs> well, how crazy was it that this week that Kirkman dropped that new book? Dude. Out of that nowhere. is fucking amazing that they were that's able to so pull cool that, that off, that they announced it and released it. Like, would they announced like, it the day before, right? Yeah, either the, that Monday or Tuesday, they announced that they're, he was dropping a brand new series that Wednesday. It's like a day or two later. No one knew about it until then. Most of the time, you know about series dropping like months or even a years in advance sometimes. It's crazy that he was able to keep this quiet, that first issue. Yeah, the book's called Die, Die, Die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it is the most blood-drenched cover of a comic book I've ever seen. Dude, it was pretty graphic throughout the comic, too. Fuck yeah, it was. The dude Look gets his nose cut nose off. slide off, yeah. Ah! And he sends it to him. <laughs> I loved Fucked the dialogue shit. in this book, too. Yeah. And then it ended on a great like cliffhanger, so... Yeah. I'm, and if it's going to be like an ongoing series, like we were saying... It'd be crazy to think if you have that and Oblivion Song kind of be like his next two big long going series going as he's finishing up. Now he's finished Invincible and he's probably going to be finishing up Walking Dead here somewhat soon. So it'd be kind of cool to have like that. These would be like his two next really big issue, like big series. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see where Die, Die, Die is going to go. Yeah. Because so, so this book is, it's like there's a, kind of like a secret cabal within the all the different world governments where they carry out different covert operations against each other, like assassinations, intimidations, blackmailings, that sort of shit. And the very beginning of this issue, we see one of their operatives get, well, first of all, he kills and takes out a shitload of fucking people in a very gruesome manner and then gets captured and then we kind of see his handler, which is like a senator in the in the government, who she's fucking, she's way fucked up. This book has a very strong boys vibe to it. Have you ever read The Boys? Uh, I think I read The First Trade. I'm pretty sure. It feels a lot like The Boys. And just with the level of hyperviolence and shit in it. But like, this might even be bloodier than that, which people who've read The Boys are like, are you kidding? It's like, no, I'm not kidding you, dude. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so then this other operative has to go after him and save him. And I think that's kind of more or less setting up what the story is going to be. And then it introduces a new character at the very end of the first issue who's going to be the one that's helping him to to get this kidnapped dude back who's missing a nose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, when it shows him too and he's like chained to a wall, like in a cell and like he's he's just got like Skeletor looking face. Oh, yeah. It's fucking gross. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's got to just be down to we're we're used to what we're used to, right? And it's fucking disturbing to see somebody without a nose. Yeah, because you you never see that really. <laughs> I mean, maybe Michael Jackson, but oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear what like Rogan was talking about with him? Like the whole like rumor about he thought like a while. For a oh, while, the Castrato thing. Yeah, the Castrato thing. That's and that shit's <laughs> fucking crazy that we did actually used to do that to kids. 
back in the early 1900s. Yeah, you'd castrate them so that they would have a, a good opera singing voice. That's fucked up. That's fucking way fucked up, dude. We should, we did, there's some fucked up shit that people have done over the course of the history. <laughs> yeah, that's the most human statement you can say. It's like, <laughs> humanity, we do fucked up things. <laughs> yeah, know? like, well, like, he was, I remember he, he'd, he'd said that Genghis Khan had killed so many people at that time that he actually left a carbon footprint on today's earth. He wow. killed like t- he killed like ten percent of the population at that time, which was like two million people or two hundred two million or two hundred million is some stupid number, but it was ten percent of that population because of that like how many people he had killed at that time like it caused like completely different types of like vegetation and areas and shit like that fucking a dude if you want to hear some really really awesome history stuff about the rise of Genghis Khan and then going basically all the way up to his grandkids conquests. Check out the, the um, hardcore history podcast wrath of the cons. I think it's six episodes and they're like maybe five hours each or something like that. Oh shit. Damn. They used to be free on his page, but Dan Carlin does, he has to do so much research before he does this podcast. It's basically like listening to an audiobook. Does he not have any sponsors? Uh, he might have sponsors now, but I think a lot of his past episodes you got to get off his website, and they're like ninety nine cents a piece. Fucker. Yeah, they're totally <laughs> worth it. I shit you not. Like they're fucking good, dude. This guy does so much. He was a journalist before he got into doing like a history podcast, and so he's able to tell these stories of the past and make them so riveting. Have you listened to? Um, it sounds a lot like. Have you listened to the Lore podcast? No, I have heard that that's good, though. Yeah, Andrew Mankey does a shit ton. Like, he has research assistants and stuff help him, but he, like, he tells tons of really fucking great stories and, like, makes them super interesting. They play such great, like, music, like, the piano and shit in the background. It's just, it's perfect. For some reason with me, like, I've tried, that's a, is that one of the IPR podcasts or NPR podcasts? I don't, I don't think so. Okay, I might be confusing that with, I've tried to listen to some of the NPR podcasts where yeah, it's people not, have been it's like, oh, these thing. are fucking great. And I'm like, it's too produced. It sounds too much like a radio show to me. Like, I, I, I need it to be a little bit more real. <laughs> what uh, the I got fuck you. is well, wrong this, with me? I'm too used to listen one, to podcasts, you know? This one does definitely kind of have that feel to it then, where it's kind of sounds like it's almost like it's been like practiced or rehearsed or whatever. Yeah. Whereas yeah, like the had, Dan Carlin ones, they don't quite have that feel to it. Okay, I got you. It's more literally just him just kind of like reading stuff. It's it's him talking and like when he does people's voices and stuff like it like if one of the cons is giving an edict like he takes like an affectation to his voice. Okay. And it's it's fucking great. You ju- you just have to listen to it. If if you look him up on iTunes, it's called Hardcore History. He does have free episodes on there, but unfortunately Wrath of the Cons isn't one of the free ones anymore, but the ones that are up there are still very good. Okay. He's got some about World War 2 in world war one and dude i think on on one of them he's talking about this fucking gun that the germans had built that it took a team of five guys to prep it and fire it and they had to stand back like, like 50 yards oh i thought it was or something that. like that when they fired it and they'd have to put cotton in their mouths and their ears so it wouldn't like rupture shit in their heads when they fired it yeah i remember it's like this is like the biggest gun ever made or something wasn't it yeah, the most powerful or whatever. Yeah, I've heard about that. That's crazy. Yeah, when I, when I took that uh, work trip 
and went to Germany, uh, one of my, my coworkers that I was with at the time was a huge World War One history nut. And actually, when when our part of the trip was over, he was staying in Europe for an extra week to go drive around and like check out different historical battle sites in like France and stuff. That's crazy. Yeah, but he, he came back with a book that like had that gun in it. And like when we had been driving around in Germany, him and I were talking about that stuff. And so when he got back, he like sent that book to me. He's like, oh, you got to read this and then send it back to me. <laughs> I'm how like, big no problem, is it? man. Uh, it was a just a skinny little book. No, like how big was the cannon or the gun? <laughs> I took you way too literally. Um, <laughs> it has like a, a dude standing next to one of the cartridges, and it's like the same size as a guy. Holy shit! Like the bullet that they would, or like the cartridge that they would load into this. That's thing. basically just like a gigantic bullet cannon. Yeah, yeah. It was basically like a like a giant fucking rifle. It, like Jeez. it lobbed a solid round, I think. But it was like a bunker buster. Oh, is, is what okay. they would do. Like they they would like fire them from a long ways away, so it would, you know have like a arcing trajectory, like a mortar or whatever. Yeah, but that's what they would use to d- destroy you know concrete bunkers. It's pretty genius. Yeah, humanity. We do fucked up things. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it's like we're both capable of incredible acts of kindness and empathy towards each other. And the complete opposite of that as well. We can do the most horrific, horrifying things to each other that you can think of. People are so fucking varied in the way that they are, the way that they act, the way that they react to the environment around them, the way they react to people around them. We're a weird fucking species, dude. Yeah, <laughs> we are. <laughs> <laughs> Just think about like, all of some of the fucked up shit that people have done to people. It's crazy. Like, I don't get how people do that sometimes. Yeah, it's like they just have no feeling of empathy towards other people. Yeah. I don't get it. I, I, I don't get what is lacking in somebody's head that they could do something horrific to somebody else and not feel bad. Like, how, how do you not feel bad when you do something that's bad? Like, like, for me, like, one of my biggest character flaws is if I lose my temper, I blow my top, in like I'll, if if i like speak in anger i almost always regret it and to me it's like well that means that you have a conscious that means that you're not a fucking psychopath the fact and it just means that you're human it's like yeah. okay, you had too much you fucking flipped out you got it off your chest and now it's fuck <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah it's <sighs> crazy like i never i hardly ever snap like it takes a lot to piss me off because it's crazy because me and my brother are like complete opposites because he's like super short-tempered and i'm like it takes a lot to piss me off but then sometimes it, it can be like it doesn't have to always be something really major to piss me off it's just it could sometimes be like the tiniest little thing but like it's not like i it's like something like you made you like my best friends know me for like eight or nine years and i think they've only seen me like raise their voice my voice once Oh, wow. It, but it was like when they were fucking with my seatbelt when I was driving. It was over something super stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like It wasn't anything to really be mad about. So it was like, because I had to move my car from like our parking spot behind our place out to the street because one of our friends was coming into town. And so like it's just out of habit. I always put my seatbelt on when I get in my car. And we, I was literally moving it like 20 feet. So I'd put it on and they, uh, they unsnapped it as I was starting to get ready to back up. So then I'd put it back on, did it again. And then I did it a third time. And I was like, stop fucking with my seatbelt. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, 
we didn't say another word after and then we went back inside <laughs> and then like 15 minutes later I walk in there and I'm like I'm sorry for yelling <laughs> like, my bad <laughs> like, <laughs> I just don't like people fucking with my seatbelt <laughs> yeah right <laughs> I hate when people fuck with me when I'm driving that always pisses me off I've had to like whenever I've had DD'd for friends they always like to fuck with me when I'm driving it always pisses me off yeah that's some fucking bullshit right there it's so annoying. Like, it's like, hey, driving, this is not a fun job already. Right. <laughs> and my friends can be annoying when they're drunk. <laughs> Everybody can be annoying when they're drunk. Yeah. Especially when you're the sober one around the drunk people. Oh, I that's think that's worst. when drunk people are the most annoying. Yeah. I've had to do that many times. So I can like, once they get to that point, say, oh, there they are. They're at this level. All right, here we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I really hope they don't fuck with me when I drive them home tonight, but I know it's going to happen. So here, <laughs> here it comes. I'm going to fucking honk the horn when I'm trying to drive. They'll fuck what they do. Also, they'll like turn the radio off or something. I can't remember what the fuck they do. They, they'll do all kinds of things. They always like, flick my ears when I'm driving. That pisses me off. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, fuckers, I, I'd, fuck, I'd go fucking nuclear. <laughs> I'm just like, God damn it. I'd be like, next <laughs> finger that touches my earlobes getting broken and I'm not even fucking with you. Right. <laughs> I'll brake check them. It will hurt. You will get over it. You will learn. <laughs> <laughs> what a scene that would be. If fucking two in the morning and drunk guys getting chased down the road by a fucking angry friend who's trying to catch him and break their index finger. <laughs> I'm teaching you a lesson, you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Then, then you'd feel really bad. Yeah, then it's like, oh shit. <laughs> Hallmark doesn't have that card, right? I'm sorry that I broke your finger when I was in a sober rage. <laughs> <laughs> My apologies. Please, please, and thank you. <laughs> but, but seriously, you can't go flicking people's ears. What are we in fucking elementary school? Right. It's like Billy Madison bullshit. Which <laughs> is still a fucking great movie. I haven't seen it in so long. Some of the lines in that movie are so funny, especially like at towards the end of the movie or during like the whole like decathlon type thing that they're doing. And the he gives this whole old guy's balls. You know, like, yeah, well, like, with, they were weird when he's, <laughs> he's given the whole um, speech about business ethics and or um, no, what was it the one that, that responsibility or whatever? The, uh, yeah, that, the business ethics was Eric. But him, yeah, Sandler's, Billy's was, um, fuck, I can't remember what the question it had something to do with, like, the fucking Industrial Revolution. Oh, is that and, what it was? <laughs> yeah, and he fucking talks about the puppy that lost his way. He reads the whole fucking, he tells his whole story. And then at the very end, and then the, the judge guy is like, Mr. Madison, <laughs> under no point, at no point during that rambling, was there even one coherent thought? That could be considered as an answer. I award you no points. And may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> <laughs> so a simple no would have been fine, but okay. Or a simple wrong. <laughs> <laughs> just some of those fucking lines are so hilarious in that movie. The penguin and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I saw uh, Happy Gilmore way, way many Way many more times. How fucking yeah. stupid can I say this? <laughs> Way many more. <laughs> many more times. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're two hours in. I'm fucked up. 
Yeah, we, I used to fucking watch Happy Gilmore all the time. That movie is so great. I mean, I, I grew up watching Caddyshack all the time. So Caddyshack, Tin Cup, those good, funny golf movies are great. So like when you get one of them, it's you always repeat watching it. <laughs> Have you ever seen anybody try and do the Happy Gilmore and their feet go out from under them and they land right on their fucking face? No, I haven't seen that. <laughs> I used to fuck around because I golf. So, like, when I was a kid growing up, like, I'd fuck around and do the Happy Gilmore every once in a while. That would be so pissed because he's like, nope, you're not allowed to do that on the golf course. So, <laughs> it's not a professional, it's right. not good, good, um, <laughs> golf course etiquette. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that movie was great. <laughs> Kind of requires goofy pants and a fat ass. Fat ass. <laughs> Talk to my neighbor, the accountant. Huge ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's your neighbor, the accountant, came to 300 yards. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Trubs, what kind of big bucks? <laughs> <laughs> he steps into the batting cage to prepare for hockey the next season. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I love it when they walk away, the kid goes in there and tries it and gets yeah, knocked out. <laughs> one hit right in the gut and he falls. <laughs> I'm, the only, I'm the only person that's ever taken my skate off and tried to stab somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Now that's a fucking hockey fight. Yeah. Dude, that shit's scary as fuck though. Like have you ever seen those videos? Where hockey like, fights? No, of um like the hockey accidents where like sometimes a player's skate will get someone's throat. <gasps> yeah. No. Like there's been a couple there's been one or two people that I know of that have actually died, like goalies, where someone's like coming in or something, like they get taken out or whatever and their skate comes up under their guard on their mask. And slices their throat. And all, like, Holy shit! Yeah, and like there's been a couple, there's been a couple people too where it's happened, and then they ended up saving them because you have they literally have medics like right there by the ice, like ready to go. But it's scary as shit because all of a sudden you just see like a a terrified person holding their throat trying to skate, and you just see like blood all over the ice. Yeah, that shit's gonna stand out on that fucking bright white ice. Yeah, it's scary as shit. Dude, no, I'd never never heard of that before. I mean, I guess it makes sense. Those skates, they keep them pretty fucking sharp. Yeah, they're super sharp. I mean, it's rare. Like, I, I don't, I think it's only half. Like, I'm sure there's been, there's incidents where players get cut from skates, not usually by the, like, on the neck or the throat, but, like, there's been times where people might get, like, their leg cut or something. Anybody ever but, got their fingers cut off? Um, I don't know. If they <sighs> have, fucking I'm, horrific. Well, I mean, you have gloves on, so, I mean, I'm sure it's probably. I'm sure it's happened at some point, but I've never really heard anything recently about a pro. At least at the pro level. What's up with hockey players and mullets? I do not know. It's fucking weird, right? Just the mullet in itself is a weird thing. Joe Dirt pulled it off pretty well. (laughs) (laughs) I like to put an e on the end. Tell people Joe Deer Tag. Joe Deer (laughs) Tag. That was a pretty fucking funny movie, though. <laughs> at its moments. Yeah, that's a pretty funny moment. That's like a movie my dad thought was funny. So growing up, like watching movies that he thought was funny was always fun to do. So like that was one we could always put on. Oh, nice. That's really cool. Yeah, I watched lots of old movies with my dad growing up. Lots of random war movies and stuff, too. I don't know how many times I saw Platoon growing up. We didn't watch a whole lot. My dad fucking could. My dad can fall asleep in front of a TV in like two goddamn seconds. <laughs> and you try to take the remote out of his hand and change the channels. I was watching that. 
Then he makes you give it back to him. snoring. <laughs> Seriously, that dude can fall asleep anywhere. It's crazy. And, just, and then be like, out. He's just chilling. <laughs> he wouldn't stand a chance in one of the theaters with the dream loungers. Oh, no, he'd be gone. He'd be snoring. <laughs> People would be pissed. <laughs> Did you see um did you see Ant Man? No, not yet. I'm jonesing to see it. I just I've had shit going on on the weekend, so I haven't gotten to it. Yeah. Yeah, I saw it opening night. So that means I'm I haven't listened to the newest PCL yet. Uh, Do you want to know the big reveal? I kinda it got it got more or less spoiled for me on Facebook. Oh uh, okay. That Jay's on the episode. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. I know. I'm super excited to listen to it, but it's like I'm stoked enough about this movie that I'm usually not a spoiler pussy. And so, like, I kind of teetered on it, and I almost played the episode. And I'm like, no, no, you'll go see the ep- you'll go see the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. it's fucking great just getting to hear Jay's laugh again. <laughs> Dude, his <laughs> laugh on the fucking show is hilarious. I love it. I agree. I agree. As somebody who laughs at fucking everything, yeah. <laughs> 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 his laugh that was one thing yeah. I always loved about that show or about Jay on that when he was always on there I was like that guy laughs almost as much as I do <laughs> <laughs> and then just like his good random ex- excerpts when you got him like when he went off like you don't know me motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> I always loved how it's like I don't know if that's just his gig or if he's doing it as a joke but when he would like put the inflections on celebrities names and pronounce them differently it always cracked me up oh yeah like when he'd say Ben Affleck <laughs> Yeah, there was someone else that he always said their name wrong too. I can't remember who now. But you know, some people just do that. Like I, yeah. I laugh my fucking ass off at how many names Jordan sucks at pronouncing. Oh God, Jordan! Sometimes, yeah, he can't. Dude, he butchers them. Dude, when we were doing the comic cast and he'd have to read off some of these names, it was always so fucking funny hearing him wig out about it. Well, some of granted, some of the names are really hard to pronounce, though. Fuck yeah, they are. It's a it's a global fucking industry. <laughs> and it's not like these people do, from it, all over the world. And it's not like these people are being interviewed on TV all the time, so you can't actually hear how it's pronounced. Uh huh. You just gotta figure it out on your own. <laughs> and hope. My favorite Jordanism is when he calls Mark Guggenheim, or he calls Mark Guggenheim Guggenheim. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> you're the only motherfucker that I've heard pronounce this Guggenheim, <laughs> and he's fucking religious to it. He does it every time. I don't know. Some- Maybe he's right. <laughs> but it makes me laugh. <laughs> but I love Jordan, so he'll fucking bust his balls about it. <laughs> ah, that's fucking funny. Shit. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been reading anything else lately? Oh man, I read a shitload of books on my poll list. Um I so I finished up Man of Steel and it was so good. It's so that that is a fucking awesome six issue Superman story. And what's cool is in the very in in issue six, he low key answers why Superman's got the briefs on the outside again. Oh, that's cool. And it's fucking great. And like you got to get all the way through that issue six to find out what happened to John and Lois, though. And it's pretty fucking cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. And uh, let's see, I read that one. Um, I already told you I read The Last Siege. I read the newest saga. Uh, have you read the newest Paper Girls? Is that 22 or 21? I think it's 22. Uh, it's the issue. It's got the, the old lady on the cover. 
I don't know if I've read that one yet. That was pretty good. Because 21, they were in that library where it was like the tree of knowledge with like all the apples, the digital apples hanging down. That's you right. That? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, this, this issue picks up right where the 21 left off. Okay. So I don't think I've read that one in that. I, yeah. I remember the I remember the tree at the end. It's pretty good. It's it's oh, I fucking love Paper Girls, but it feels like it's getting close to wrapping up. Like I wonder yeah. if it's going to go thirty issues. Yeah, I bet thirty is probably what it's going to finish. Thirty, maybe like thirty-two or something like that. Finish on like a, I don't know. I can't imagine it going like fifty or sixty issues. Yeah does does it go in five issue arcs or is it six? It's got to be five issue arcs because I'm pretty we're on sure it's 22. five. Yeah, we're, it's it's five issue arcs, so I bet it's going to go with like thirty or thirty five issues. Yeah, and then that's been be a done. Great read though. Yeah, I love those those issues, like those covers and stuff, those colors that Cliff Chang does. Yeah, those are great. God, and then what the fuck else did I read? Um, was it issue? Is issue three of Death or Glory came out yet? I need to get caught up with that one. That one's been good. I read the first two, and I can't remember if the third's out now. Or if I've read the third. Because I'm also reading Isola. Yep, I read that one. I read issue four of that. I don't think I've read four yet. I think I've read three. Because the fourth just came out this week, right? Yeah. I love that book, but, I mean, every issue is a little bit fucking confusing. The art in it is just magnificent. Yeah. But I'm starting to wonder if Isola would be better suited as one of those ones where you can pick it up and read it as a trade and maybe fucking read it twice in a row. Yeah, because I'm, I'm still vaguely like figuring out what's going on in it. There's still like just not much being explained. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know if like in the end of this arc we're just going to get like an explanation with a lot more questions to keep us hooked or how they're going to do this. I don't, I don't know if it's going to be a five or six issue arc. Yeah, and and like I appreciate those slow burn books, but when you're waiting a month between issues, and like today when I picked up Isla Four, I didn't go back and read three again before it, and so for a little bit while I'm reading, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, oh okay, yeah, they're in this weird temple. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, I think I know what's going. On. Well, now who's this person in this flashback? You, you know, whereas like I think if I were to read it as a trade, or if had had I gone back and read maybe at least issue three before I picked up four, it would have been more of a refresher for me. But there are plenty of books on my pull list that I can just pick up and read that monthly title. And I'm like right back in the groove with it. Yeah. That's how I am with, uh, it's weird. It's like, I was almost going to drop it from my pull list. And then I decided after I, cause I always like end up not reading them for a while. And then I just read like three or four issues in a row and get caught up but it's always like the ones I always put off last to read. And it's always like, I always thought, cause I hadn't started this latest trade from curse words. So I hadn't started like the latest, uh, arc and I had like the, f- those four issues of that arc just sitting around and just hadn't read them. And I finally cr- went, went through them. And I forgot how much fun I had with that book. And then the art in those books is really good. So I was like, eh, I think I'm going to keep it. <laughs> I, yeah, I almost, I almost feel like this is one where it's it could blow up at some point. Yeah, I mean, you never know. But I, so, I, so far, month to month, it's like it's a little bit weird. <laughs> it's, not, it's luckily it's not as weird. Like I can follow this story a little bit better than I could Black Cloud. So I, I'm not going to fall into that trap. 
Yeah. <laughs> but I, at this point, it's like if, if if a story doesn't keep me intrigued and I kind of understand it by like the third issue, I feel like I, I'm not going to waste my time with it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Black Cloud what? tricked me. I think I dropped it after eight issues and I had no fucking clue oh, what was Jesus, going on. You stuck on it for eight. <laughs> I don't know if it was <laughs> eight. Or, it was either eight or six. I can't remember. What, I, I think it was six because I start. Yeah, because I started. I get. I would decide. Let me get. Let me see what this first issue of the next trade gives me and if i like it if it gives me enough i'll stick with it because the art was pretty good but it was very cool and i'm pretty yeah. sure i read the first the first story arc yeah but then that sixth issue didn't do anything i was like uh nah i'm done <laughs> <laughs> yeah black cloud had a black cloud over it yeah latour did not do a good job on that one sorry buddy i <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> was let down because the only thing i knew him from before was southern bastards and nowhere near it yeah uh one of the other ones i read today i read venom three how's that been oh yeah kate's uh, is doing that too isn't he yeah yep another wow. kate's book yeah These uh like fucking excellent marvel do this this um i think we read like some random a couple random venom venom issues on uh comic cast but i don't really remember like it it didn't really give me any connection to the character or anything and so what kate's is doing with this feels very fresh to me and do issue three was great it had miles morales uh spider-man in it oh nice i still haven't got to that point and uh i just haven't gone back really and read much of the spider-man run from the ultimate universe but that's like the only thing i really know venom from um is his run in that like other like that i know that venom storyline but other than that, I, I don't really know any other Venom stories. Yeah, yeah, same here. And and this one's really cool. It's dealing with like the symbiote god. And in issue three, you actually see what he looks like. Because Do you, you mean symbiotes? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how at the end of issue one we see him fly off, and it looks like a big like Venom dragon. Yeah. Yeah, like we we see him without the symbiote around him in issue three. And fucking creepy, dude. This is an excellent villain. Oh, nice. Dude, that Venom... So fucking powerful, dude. (laughs) Like, as far as symbiotes go, like, this dude is powerful. Yeah. That villain for, um... Fuck, what was the comic? It wasn't Plastic Man. The one we talked to on the last episode... Um, like lady had like no face and shit. Catwoman. Yes. That villain looks like that could be good too. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to see where that one's going to go. That was a really good number one. Yeah. For not like knowing anything about that Catwoman really, that was a really good story. Oh, I totally but, agree. But Gail Simone's is fucking great too. I mean, she's putting out just as many good books too. It seems like as Kate's. I mean, Kate's is just new and he's just, shocking everybody i mean he's done i mean how many titles is he doing for marvel four or five? Oh shit we should add a countdown going as we were listing all his books off earlier i mean he, he was <laughs> so he's done he's done thanos he's done now he's doing cosmic ghost rider he's doing venom so there's three is he doing any others i'm looking him up right now um trying to think I mean, besides that, he's doing Redneck, Baby Teeth. He's got an Aftershock book out. Um, 
he's got that it, other one he's doing that is um it's that weird futuristic vampire book. Oh, is that reactor? Yeah, reactor. That's right. I'm behind on that. I've read the first two or three issues though. Yeah, that was pretty good. From what I remember, the first issue that I read. Yeah, weird shit. <laughs> did you very, ever? Did you weird, ever? Read, but very interesting book. Did you read the Barrier by Brian K. Vaughn? No, I have all five of them in my Dude, new books pile, but I have it, not started it yet. It is. I finished it. It's. I mean, it's. It's cool because it's a completely different comic because you open it landscape style, but dude, it's a weird story. And like half of it's in Spanish. Well, and the whole half of it in Spanish thing is kind of what's held me back. Yeah, like, like I don't like I, you. I, I don't speak it, so I'm not going to get anything out of half of that book. Yeah, you get very you get very little from her responses of his dialogue. It's like so you can kind of guess like a a random question here or there, like introduce, introducing each other's names and stuff. But other than that, like I had no fucking clue. I mean, I took Spanish in high school, but I don't hardly remember hardly any of it now. Yeah. No comprehendo for me. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. He's got redneck baby teeth. We didn't even mention his run on Dr. Strange. Oh, I forgot. He did Dr. Strange. And that was really good too. That was, uh, that first story arc that he did was called Loki Sorcerer Supreme. And it was where there was like some sort of contest that Dr. Strange went and he had to win to like prove that he was like strong enough to be the Sorcerer Supreme. But then the judges, even though he won, the judges were like, no, you can't do it. Look at how many times you've fucked up being the Sorcerer Supreme. We're going to give it to a God, somebody that is, you know, deserving of this title. And that person is Loki and Loki's like, what? And, and strange is like, you can't be serious. And they're like, no, we're totally serious. And so then Loki actually becomes the sorcerer Supreme. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a very interesting arc. And there's like this certain spell that Loki's looking for. They'll basically allow him to control all of the magic on Midgard and like filter it through himself to be able to do something and and strange is totally flipped out about what he's going to do if if that happens and it is pretty cool and then that wrapped into a, a story arc called damnation that was did you ever read secret empire uh i think i started it yeah that was like i think i read like the first 6 issues of it maybe did you see the point where like where captain america or it's, I guess it is, he's still kind of Cap, where Hide Your Cap, like, orders uh, Las Vegas destroyed. I think so. It sounds familiar. Okay, so in the Damnation arc, it's, um, you know, Doctor Strange is back. He's got his mantle of Sorcerer Supreme again. He's got his magic back. And he goes and, like, he does this super complex spell, and he brings Las Vegas back, along with all the people who were killed and everything. But... In the act of bringing it back, something else came back with it, and that was Mephisto. And he has this big uh, casino hotel thing called uh, the Inferno, and he's he's getting strong enough to where every time someone in the city commits any sort of sin, no matter how minor it is, like he takes their soul and like basically turns them into like some sort of weird like. He's able to like turn all the Avengers and they all turn into Ghost Rider versions of themselves. 
Oh, that's cool. That's Which is really up. neat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so we see crazy. like a like a Ghost Rider, uh, Jane Foster, Thor, <laughs> a Ghost Rider, Black Panther. Like it's, it's fucking cool. Ghost Rider, Falcon, Hawkeye. Dude, how, how awesome was that fight in Thanos with Silver Surfer? Dude, that was fucking amazing, right? <laughs> right with Melnor. <laughs> I know Silver Surfer became worthy enough to wield Mjolnir. That was fucking crazy. And then it still didn't fucking matter. <laughs> it looked like he made it seem like it was going to, and then he's like, I told you that hammer's not gonna help you. <laughs> Jesus, that's fucking crazy, dude. Yeah, that, that run on Thanos basically made him a complete badass. Like I didn't know much about Thanos outside of just the Infinity Gauntlet or Infinity War. Other than that, like I didn't really know about Thanos that much. And just like how powerful he was. When I when I put my first pull list together, I picked up a Marvel previews book and saw a preview for Thanos one, and so I got on that one on the ground floor. And I didn't know too much about the character either. I'd read Infinity Gauntlet before, so I was a little bit familiar with it. But I mean, that was that's probably like that run that Lemire did, and then Kate's took over is probably like the longest ongoing. Thanos books that I've ever read. Yeah. Dude, Lemire is such a great writer. He really is. But it's, I mean, it, he's he's not infallible though. Like I tried getting into guy, is it called Paper Town? Paper or is that is that a movie? Um What the I fuck think, is that? Uh, that Royal City. Royal whatever. City, that's yeah, what it is. Yeah, I know I didn't read that one. Dude, I well, could not get into it. The, the, like, the one, I read the, the first one. three or four issues and I was like, this ain't for me. I have the After Death. I haven't read that yet. I've heard it's really good. Um, but yeah, like I've also read like his under underwater uh, welder, and when he does his own art, it's like sketch art, so it's kind of like stick figures and stuff. Um, or like very simplistic drawings, to say the least. So like sometimes that can take me out of reading some of those like long stories. There is a Donny Cates book called interceptor and i think that's what reactor is a sequel to and interceptor is a five issue arc that kate's did yeah shit i know (laughs) (laughs) gotta find that now so issue five of that came out may 2016 oh so it's kind of like right before so he kind of was finishing that series and then let's see god country number one came out out january January 2017 Yeah, so it was kind of like he was just briefly in the game before, and then that God Country is what really set him apart. Did you read that Atomahawk book that he did that was basically a collection of all of his Atomahawk uh, shorts from Heavy Metal magazine? Uh-uh, nope. It's fucking odd. Is it? <laughs> I would call the art an acquired taste, but it is like super unique. Like, you'll never see any other art that looks like the art in a tomahawk. It's weird. It's like some... that I, I can't describe it any other way than weird. It's like some dude that has this axe that gives him power, and that's the tomahawk. So it's like a tomahawk, but it's atomic. <laughs> <laughs> it almost looks like Bazooka Joe bubblegum art, but like... Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I think uh, that's super, like newspapery look art yeah yeah it's yeah. it's it's like very strips. unique 
and it's it's a weird fucking story too. I've only read it once. I wasn't it, so far. It was the the one thing of Donny Cates I've read where it was like didn't fully click with me, but it's <laughs> but it's interesting because maybe, nothing else is like it. Like maybe you were really fucked up when you wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> it's unique though. I mean, fuck, I'll give it that. Yeah, didn't the, did Lemire do something with um? No, Lemire did a Green Arrow run, didn't he? He might have. The only Green Arrow stuff I've read is from Rebirth, and that was all Benjamin Percy. Yeah. That I shit think was fucking excellent. That was good. I think Lemire did a run a while back, because um, I think Jared Gafford really likes that Lemire run of uh, Green Arrow. and I, I thought he did um, Green Lantern, too, but that might be Jeff Johns that I'm thinking of. Yeah, I'm not sure. Because I haven't read a whole lot of Green Lantern, but what I have read, I have liked. Yeah, uh, see, a lot of the, like, a lot of the older school, a lot of the older DC stuff I've read is all just Batman stuff that would have been in, in paperback trades. Yeah, yeah, that's and the majority then, of mine, too, is Batman. Yeah, I, I really didn't branch out much until Rebirth. Did you see that there's going to be a new, um, like, I think it's either going to, I think it's going to be a hardcover um, trade that's coming out with brand new Jim Lee art for Hush. What? Yeah, it's coming out like either this year or um next early next year. It's going to be like a new hardcover um trade of Hush and it's going to have like a brand new art cover on the front that he does. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like he went and redid like parts of the book so the, there's new artwork in the book. No, no, no. It's just and I was like, a, "What? That's fucking it, weird." It's just going to be like a special edition hardbound cover of the trade and it's going to be like with special new like art cover for the he drew <laughs> i was like i don't know how i feel about that <laughs> <laughs> dude i love the way jim lee drew in the batman hush run though yes yeah dude it's fucking iconic yeah it's pretty crazy he's yeah. my favorite catwoman artist and when you read that book you can see <laughs> yeah you can understand <laughs> he, he has poison ivy pretty well too yeah yeah, he he just does things so stylistically, and oh, it's so fucking great. Uh, I've been reading the Wildstorm, which has been it's going to be a twenty four issue series when it's all done. And at first, I was getting all of the Jim Lee variant covers, and then I've I've gotten a couple A covers mixed in where I should have just gotten on Midtown and, and bought it. <laughs> yeah, but mostly I was just lucking out, and I was able to get the B, the Jim Lee B variant covers with every single one from my comic shop. And then I think once I had one that was off, I was like, "All right, fuck it, it's ruined. <laughs> I'll just take whatever's in my pull list now." But usually I'll walk over and see if there's a B variant on the shelf. But yeah, there's. But I mean, the, the, yeah, they're. I mean, they're fucking great, dude. I'll, I'll snap some pictures of the best ones and, and put them up on the on the the Facebook page. Yeah, because I mean, there's. There's like a there's a few I mean for me there's just like, like a few people that come to mind where I can see a cover and I know like iconically like I know who that is like Alex Ross is obviously one you see his art and you know it and it's incredible oh yeah and then um for me it's uh, Dustin Wynn just because like I don't see anyone else doing watercolor like he does so like, yeah. if I see, if I see a cover that looks watercolor I'm that looks really good I know it's him. Have you seen the A covers for the Hard Place? Yes, Stelfreeze. 
Yeah, yeah those, those are, are all Stelfreeze too. watercolors. Stelfreeze does amazing watercolors, but but Dustin Wenz is just very unique the way he does. Yeah, because it's like very, very less is more. Yeah, it's very light, sh- like light shades of barely painted on um, watercolor, but it's it still has great detail. And there are times where he does it with a lot of detail, but it's amazing, it's spe- especially like with the single issues on that special cover stock that they kind of come on. Like there, that paper is slightly different than like other normal comics. Like it's not glossy paper, so you can like really appreciate. It almost looks like he actually painted on that page. Nice, that's too cool. And I love how on the scans, like in the books, like you can see the texture of the paper that he originally put it on. Yeah, yeah, and that's the texture of the paper that you get with those individual issues. Like the pages inside the issue, all feel like that too. Yeah, Foxy, I've only read descender in trade and then in digital yes yeah, so like the trade the, is probably like the glossy page right more or less yeah yeah that's what's so great about the single issues like i'm so glad i'm i'm going to be doing that and then it's the fact that they're going to do a sender which is going to be the exact same team and that art color and stuff i can't wait to see like the new stuff that he draws with that but yeah there's some of his panels and like two-page splashes throughout the sender where it's like even if you just commissioned him to do something like he would be someone that you would like, I would be willing to put art up on the wall of just cause of how good he can make stuff look. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. The next comic con I go to, I'm, I gotta get some original art. Yeah. I've heard his commissions are pretty, pretty expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> but I mean, you know, just walk down artist alley. Just yeah, see, there's some great artists. Stuff they have for sale that you know it's just there. It's like, all right, that's cool. You don't, I don't need to specifically tell you what to draw me. Yeah, well, like even like his prints and stuff that he does, I'm pretty sure are pretty pricey. But still, like, if you can get find a good deal on ones that other, like, there's some really good artists out there too that just can draw some really cool like mashups and stuff like that that you just want to have. Yeah, that was one of the coolest things about C2E2 was the artist alley. But it was just midday on Saturday. It was <laughs> it was it was too busy to walk through it. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> just kind of stand and shuffle slowly, probably. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, that reminds me. I read Dead Hand number four today. Also. Oh, how's that been? I haven't, I need to get caught up on it. It's fucking incredible. Like is it? It, it is. It is lining up to be being one of the best mini series that I've read. Like, it's it be, is such it a good six? fucking spy story. But like a small town at the same time, it's yeah. it's it, it would give too much away to try and explain what this book is about. But the Dead Hand more or less is about this Cold War uh, nuclear program that the Soviets were developing to where it was an autonomous launch system for all of their nukes. And then they were developing it right as the Soviet Union fell and then it kind of was discovered by kind of some of the Western intelligence agency. And then they kind of took over this town and redid it to make it look like it's an American, a small American town. But in reality, it's in Siberia and it's way the fuck off the grid. And as it goes on, like it gets deeper and deeper as to the motivations for why they're there and for what the dead hand is. The dead hand is this autonomous 
you know, system that's in charge of all the nukes. And when you come to find out like what all that actually entails, like it's, it's amazing. And that's a, that's a Kyle Higgins book and he's fucking knocked it out of the parks. I think it's Stephen Mooney's the one who does the art on it and the art's really good too. And it's just going to be a five issue run. So, I mean, it's going to be out in paperback trade before you know it. Oh, nice. Yeah. I remember that first issue was incredible. Mm, uh, Very much. So it was, um, it was an interesting conversation with Kyle at, <laughs> at, at Comic Con. <laughs> I interviewed him for number one comic books, and that was that was an interesting, very brief conversation. But he's put together a fucking fantastic book, and I highly recommend the Dead Hand. Yeah, <laughs> I've read so many comics after work tonight. I can't even remember how many what all I fucking read. <laughs> yeah, I was just blasting through that Thanos run since it was all right there on Marvel. So I was like, all right, boom, boom. <laughs> just going That's through perfect. it. That Marvel Unlimited app is fucking awesome. Yeah, it's so nice. And it's, such, it's really a, a really good deal. I think it's like 70 for a year. So that's like seven, six bucks a month. Yeah, that's not too shabby. And the fact that you get that many comics and they're constantly just adding new runs. Like it sucks that you have to be six months behind, but if you're trying to ca- read a lot of like older stuff, anyways, then as the newer stuff's coming out, you can kind of get caught up on it at the same time. Yeah, I mean, if you basically want to read all of Marvel's stuff, you're going to be that far behind anyway. Yeah, and I think every Wednesday they have new stuff come in. Yeah, they always drop the, all the stuff that hit like the six month mark, and then they'll start. They'll also bring up like a lot of older stuff too. Like it's crazy that you can like go all the way back to like the fifties and sixties and read digital versions of those comics. Yeah. Sometimes those older books are tough to read. Yeah, they are the art and stuff in them. It's way different. Yeah. I mean, it's really cool to get that historical perspective and see where things come from. Some of those golden age stories though were so ridiculous too. It's amazing how much they're right for the <laughs> right writing at the times when it came to some of the storylines that they did, like the very first issue of the flash. Did you ever read the very first issue ever? No. Uh-uh. He like basically when he gets, um, when he turns into the Flash, like the first thing he does is he joins the football team and becomes the quarterback to impress a girl that he wants to date. <laughs> <laughs> and then like they go on a date and she gets kidnapped, and then he rescues her from all the the people that kidnapped her or something like that. And then he's like the, the town hero or something. But it's pretty funny. It's interesting, like the how stereotypical like in the 40s or 50s of a story that is <laughs> <laughs> the QB's dating the head cheerleader <laughs> yeah of course right right <laughs> it has to happen oh man yeah I just lately I've had a lot of irons in the fire I mean besides doing all the comics the, like reading the books and stuff I finally finished my climbing gym project out in the garage so I've kind of got that back to where I want it and actually got out there and started climbing again this week. And that felt pretty good. How sore are you? Uh, my forearms were pretty sore for like two days and like I, I climbed until my skin couldn't take it anymore. So my, my fingertips just felt like they're on fire. Like I couldn't touch anything. And that's how climbing in the gym goes is that you can usually go for definitely within an hour. It's hurting by the time two hours is done. You're fucking crying. And people who can go longer than that, it's like, wow, dude, you've got incredible pain tolerance. Jeez. Or I've just got bitch skin on my fingers. <laughs> I don't know. But- Use too much lotion. 
I don't need to use lotion. <laughs> My hands are naturally fucking awesome. <laughs> but you know, like in the wintertime, some people's hands will get all dry and tra- trapped up and cracked and shit like that. Like my yeah. hands rarely fucking do that. Yeah, mine usually don't. Every once in a while, it's like like a, like one of my fingers might, like the edge of one of my fingers might, so then I'll use some lotion just to help keep it from cracking. But other than that, like my hands, yeah, I usually stay pretty pretty good throughout the winter, even when like the crazy cold weather. Yeah, if I do too much stuff outside without gloves and like, you know, then it'll hyper dry them out. But yeah, I don't know. But that it feels good to get out climbing again, man. I, just, I need to drop some weight. And I think that, you know, I've, I've definitely done it that way before in the past. So I can do it again. I just need to fucking stick with it. And I think as part of doing that was I just had the, the angles in my garage were just all way too steep. And it was yeah. just more advanced than where I'm at right now getting back into it and so i kind of reset half the gym back to just barely overhanging and it's i forgot how much fun it was to just climb on that angle yeah because you have if you had a set too tough it'd just kind of be discouraging to go out there and want to do it yeah well and it was you know my, my tendons aren't really able to take it anymore i don't have the same tendon strength as when i first put them at that angle the walls yeah. at that angle and so i just need to be able to be on my feet more until i get more weight dropped and and then but I did leave my 55 degree wall. So the one that's like super fucking steep. Yeah. <laughs> that's still fully up there. I'm just not going to play on it for a while. <laughs> I'll be like your build up. <laughs> it's so much fun though, dude. I love having a climbing gym in my garage. I feel like that would be fun. It is fucking cool, man. Very, very cool. And then, uh, got a new place outdoors that, that Lindsay and I went and hiked at uh, last weekend and I did a count from, I walked one end of the wall to the other and I counted solid 16 routes that can go in ranging from easy and fun to holy shit. That's fucking hard. And that looks like it's hard. Oh, nice. <laughs> you know, like, so that, that'll be really cool. That's, that's a lot of work and for me to do certainly in the future to get those all bolted and get, all the trail and everything built for it and stuff, but it'll be totally worth it. It'll be fun to have a, a place like that to take the kids out to. Cause the, the boys have been climbing more in the garage now The it's not super steep. Yeah. And so it's like, yes, get them to the <laughs> point where they want to go hang out in the woods <laughs> and then it will be golden. <laughs> Do you ever, um, drink while you're climbing? No. Listen, that'd be so fucking, I feel like that'd be such a bad idea to try to do drunk climbing. <laughs> like even I've if it's just on your practice wall. Well, I've I've tried it, uh, and like I immediately lose all my core tension. Yeah, it's, it's like so hard to keep your core tight when you're like that. When you got that much of a depressant in you, yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but like I I remember that me and Lindsay were out climbing at this place called Indian Bluffs. And it's a long fucking hike to get out there. It's like a half hour hike to get from the parking lot out to the wall. And you got to hike out and then go in one end or another of this canyon and then hike for quite a ways before you actually even get to where the climbing's at. And so you rarely ever see people out there. It's pretty normal to be out there and just not, I mean, it's just you and you got the entire place to yourself. But we're getting ready to leave. And all of a sudden this crew of like four or five dudes walks up and sets up right next to us. We're like, wow, this is fucking weird. And start talking to me like, Oh yeah, we're from Iowa city. We all work at the climbing gym at the university of Iowa. And they're setting up to do this warm up, 
And like, as they're flaking out the rope and the first guy's tying in, getting ready to climb, they're all chugging beers. And I'm like, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) And you guys are about to climb like in the most remote crag of all of Iowa's fucking public areas. Like if you guys have an accident out here, like number one, like that sucks. But number two, fuck you for putting that sort of bad mark on the climbing community. That's all we need is the DNR being like, oh, those climbers are out there fucking drunk and fucking <laughs> themselves up. And it took, it took fucking eight of us to carry them out of that canyon. <laughs> There's a part of me that's a real asshole if somebody has a stupid fucking accident in climbing. It's like, fuck you for putting that black guy in the community. <laughs> Why don't you put oh. your shit together? But also, I also know that it only takes a moment to fuck up. But, I don't know if drinking beer and out climbing is one of the best things, but yeah. Did you follow any of that craziness with the like the kids in Thailand that were trapped in the in the cave and shit? What? No, I didn't see any of that. Um, fuck! It was like these. It was like a un. What the? Were they in a? They were in a cave. I think it was, or like an underwater cave. Fuck that! And. It was like them and like their teachers. There was like two, there's like two dozens or like 12 students and their teacher. And it was in Thailand. And I guess like they were able to get supplies down to them for a while, but they were running out of oxygen. Like they were in there for like two weeks. And I guess fuck. They finally just got them all out a couple days ago safely. Like they had, they had to figure out like the right plan. They had like former like Thai, like Navy SEALs helping and stuff like that. So what, they just got, wait, was there like a cave-in and so they were stuck in there? I think they were doing, like the, I don't know if like something shifted. It was like, I think they were doing like underwater spelunking. Like they were basically like scuba diving. Fuck that. Yeah. And I think maybe, I don't know if something shifted. I, I've only kind of saw headlines of it, but I think maybe like a, a boulder or something shifting kind of closed off a path. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know exactly what happened, but I know that they, that in one of the early try like early rescue attempts, I think one of the former Thai seals ended up dying. So it was like oh, pretty shit. serious. Like they weren't sure for a while if they were going to be able to get the kids out. Yeah, yeah, dude, it, caving scares the shit out of me. Yeah, that's terrifying. Like when you have to get into those really tight squeezes, like especially. I do it. No, fuck that. Yeah, caves are. I've been through some caves before, and they're they're no joke. Well, if you make it out to Iowa at some point, like I'll take you out to Pictured Rocks, the the kind of like the super public climbing area. And yeah. there's a cave that they have there called the the Ice Cave, and I guess it goes back over a hundred feet into the hillside. But you, number one, you need a permit to go into it. And so I'm not in a hurry to get one of those. Right. (laughs) But like, they've got like a full topo uh, or a topo of like this cave and like, you know, how tight some of the squeezes and stuff are. And I think fairly right away, you got to get on your stomach and shimmy through something. And I'm like, nope. Nope. Fuck that. Yep. But I mean, this time of year when it's brutally hot out, that cave's awesome because you can sit in front of it and it's like you're sitting in front of an air conditioner. Yeah. It's so cool in there. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. I, I remember when I was in uh, middle school, I went on a spring break trip and we did some different cave tours and stuff. So we went down to Mammoth Cave in Kentucky and that place was fucking huge. And then we did like, there's like this, some other caves that we went through in different states. And I remember this one that we went into 
um, they took us into like a room where it's like total darkness. And so they turn off all the lights and it's like, you can literally have your hand like literally centimeter in front of your eyes and you can't see any, see it. That's how dark it is. Yeah. Isn't that creepy? Yeah. And I remember they said like, if you, if you were living in this, this darkness for more than like a month, you end up going blind because like your retinas just burn out because they're trying to work so hard to find sunlight. Really? I've never heard of that before. Yeah. Fucking terrifying. That is fucking creepy. Like even like like because technically like total darkness is like that's total darkness. So like total like a lot of people think some darkness like a really dark is total darkness, but there's only like really specific situations where that's the case. Because even if like you're in like a basement that just stays really dark, technically a tiny little bit of sunlight's getting in there. But if you can if you have your yeah if you just stay in a space that has absolutely no type of sunlight that gets in at all for that extended of amount of time that your, your retinas just burn out. Cause they don't get any, any type of light. That is fucked, man. Yeah. That's fucking scary. <laughs> the most terrifying thing in the world. Like think about that. Like you're fucking walking into a complete pitch black cave trying to get out and you don't have any type of light and you can't see shit. And what's crazy is you wouldn't even know that you went blind. Yeah. You just keep, you just think you're still in the cave. Wow. <laughs> Ugh. I, I've been in a cave like that before. When Lindsay and I was were on our honeymoon, we went to Colorado Springs, and there's a big cave there that you can go on a tour through called Cave of the Winds. And at one point, they shut the lights off to show you the absolute darkness. Yeah, that's what they did at this one. That's an old cave, too. That, that one that we went through, there's like an original Thomas Edison light bulb that's like still working. Shit in there yeah built that shit to last back when they figured out that they could plan in fucking planned obsolescence hey if we make this fucking thing burn out they're gonna have to buy another one why don't we build a light bulb that never burns out (laughs) we want to sell everybody one light bulb see that's why i wouldn't be a good salesman right you just (laughs) need this this like assholes (laughs) to make money off you in the long run I remember another cave that we went to is like the largest underwater cave. And the tour is literally you get on a boat and they just kind of like, and it's like crystal clear water and they've like, they've put lights in like different spots under the water. So you can kind of see just how deep it is. And they said that they haven't even been able to, like it was over. I can't remember. It was really deep, like maybe four or 500 feet deep at least. Whoa. And they hadn't even verified if that's the deepest because there are certain spots in the cave that they can't get a person through to um, examine to see if there's any deeper areas. But that was the deepest area that, that they had found. It was like stupid deep. But I remember Holy like shit. it was almost like I remember the entrance to it was crazy. It was like a really small like restaurant that you walked in and then there was like a, a door that you walked in and it was just stairs just straight down that you would walk down like cement steps all the wow. way down into it. And it was, they had like cave dwelling spiders and that those things are fucking nope. I hate spiders. And those <laughs> things fucking were gigantic looking things. I'd not like them. Oh, that's creepy. But that'd be terrifying. Like imagine like living in something like that, like in a cave. Couldn't do it. 
No, no, it'd be rough, man. You'd, I mean, you're definitely sharing it with the fucking nature around you. Dude, I remember one time we were out climbing at Pictured, and we went out to this crag that's, uh, it's or it's a wall that's about the furthest away from the parking lot. So it's like the best one to go climb at because you're going to be the highest chances to not be have any crowds around you. Yeah. And when we first started going out there, like this wall was still pretty wild. Like since uh, me and Troy had gone back and we cleaned it all up. And because there was a couple routes that dudes had put in where they didn't take any of the dead rock off. And so when you would read the descriptions on like mountainproject.com, it would be like, oh, yeah, I was on this last week and I pulled a piece of rock off like the size of a softball that almost hit my belayer, you know, 30 feet under me. So definitely be careful when you're on this. And so like all the comments were like, you know, this in, in climbing, if, if, a, if a route has lots of rock that falls off of it, they call it chossy. And so like, oh, there's lots of chossy rock on this. You got to watch out for it. And the the dude that trained me on how to bolt routes, Troy, like he he cleans that stuff off. So, like, that means he's hanging on a rope with, like, a fucking screwdriver and a hammer and anything that's loose, you fucking pry it off the wall. Because if somebody, if if you can jiggle it with your hand, like, chances are a climber, if he grabs it, he's going to rip something off the wall. It could fall on somebody below him. You know, it's just a, it's a lazy way to do routes. Yeah. And so, these fucking routes that these, like, college dudes from Iowa City that had bolted back in the early 2000s, they just, they're like, oh, well. You know, I, I tested all the holds I'm going to climb on. And it's like, yeah, but this isn't a public park, fucker. <laughs> like, you're just going to have any rando coming out here and getting on this route. And so there's, that was kind of the 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 feeling of that place is, okay, this is a real wild wall at the park. It wasn't developed quite correctly. It's a neat area, but it's potentially dangerous to go climb out there. And so we'd have this place all to ourselves. And we went out there several times in a row, and there was a giant fucking wolf spider. I mean, twice as big as the biggest one I'd ever seen. Like, leg span, this thing could have encompassed the, like the size of like a Blu-ray disc. Fuck that. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't have liked it at all. Dude, we were talking <laughs> about um, uh, the wolf spiders and brown recluse at work the other day. Oh, Brad and Recluse scare the shit out of me. Fuck yeah, dude. Those things are terrifying because they, they do kind of look a little similar, but there is a big enough difference in them that you can tell the difference between them. But fuck yeah. If I ever if I ever saw a brown recluse, I would be terrified and I would probably run. Because <laughs> like those fuckers bite you, you're fucked. You got to yeah. go straight to the ER and hope that they can get shit in you quick. Yeah. I mean, Otherwise, the venom will just turn your flesh necrotic. Yeah, it just fucking eats it away. That's so fucking yeah. Because I was talking about that with uh, with rattlesnake bites with Vitalia on the last episode, and in uh, brown recluse is very much the same. Like like you can look up pictures of the the aftermath of brown recluse bites online, and it looks like somebody had a melon baller taken to like a part of their body. Yeah, like I've it's seen. Like they you- just had to scoop out. They just have to surgically remove the necrotic flesh. Yeah, like there's, I've seen like videos of like the, or not videos, but like pictures of like when a horse gets bit by one and just like the fucking whole leg and shit, like all that muscle just ends up gone. It's an open flesh wound. It's so fucking gross. Yeah. And well, like the only, and the thing is though with brown reckless, like they aren't aggressive spiders. Like the only reason people, like the only way people get bit by them is because they don't know that they're there and like they kind of like either like roll on them or step on them or something. And then they just bite out of defense. But it always makes me think, 
like an evolution, especially with like there's another like the most venomous spider in the world's in Australia. It's a funnel web spider, and it can kill a person with its toxins in like less than 15 minutes, like a full grown male. And I'm just like thinking in my mind, what fucking predator did this spider have that it needed some type of venom that was that strong, that like a, a grown 160 pound, <laughs> six foot person is there is their predator that they need to be able to knock up kill something that big yeah yeah well, why is their venom toxicity so fucking overboard yeah like what the fuck were attacking them that they had to have that strong of a fucking <laughs> defense or <laughs> right. offensive mechanism like what the fuck are you killing <laughs> like does this venom not kill everything else you bite like if you bite a tiger does it not kill a tiger <laughs> And and when something's that small, it's like, what's the what's the purpose of packing that much of a punch? Yeah, it'd be one thing if it was like a big ass animal that had that type of venom in it too. It isn't like it's gonna then go eat that thing. Yeah, I mean, in like theory, a- the only thing that it needs to be biting and injecting poison into is like the food that it's about to eat, because that's why its venom starts to break it down from the inside. It's to make it easier for the spider to digest it. Yeah, unless there's some like fucked up bug that can handle all types of fucking venom no problem except that shit so they have to have that shit to survive but i wouldn't fucking imagine there is <laughs> wow yeah that's fucking crazy man i've never really thought of it that way but it, i mean it totally makes sense yeah it's just like the whole like predatorial thing like just thinking like that's like why things like certain animals develop what they do it's either for a predatorial thing or for a defense thing like the puffer fish things like that Fucking crazy. That always just pisses me off. Like, what the fuck does a spider need to be this powerful for? <laughs> like, God's <That's> powerful. <laughs> like, why can they kill us? <laughs> <laughs> I can understand why a fucking shark can kill us or a lion or a tiger. They're fucking huge. But a goddamn spider. <laughs> I know. I really don't like the idea of being eaten by something. Yeah. I think I would. Mu- I, I don't know. Yeah, unless they like they literally just like clean bit off my head and I died instantly. Yeah, I'd be, and I would. It have to be like it have to be like deep blue sea Samuel L. Jackson esque, where I don't see it coming, so I don't have that. Ter- I don't have that tear either. And then I've also given just like a great motivational speech. So then it's just like boom, an eagle takes me away. <laughs> Talons just rip my head off. Like one of those giant Lord of the Rings eagles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, eagles are strong as fuck, though. Yeah, dude. They can, like, carry mountain goats and shit. Yeah, have you seen the videos where, like, golden eagles go and knock, knock like, goats off the side of a cliff? Yeah, because there's, like, those goats that can literally fucking climb, like, a, a straight 90-degree incline, no problem with just their fucking hooves. Yeah, they're pretty impressive. That's that's insane how that how that fucking works. They got amazing fucking balance. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, you would be too if that was where you lived 24-7, right? I guess. That's crazy to think <laughs> that animals that large live on something like that. It's pretty fucking crazy, man. <laughs> There's pictures of some really old dam in like Italy or something like that, maybe, where you can see lots of goats hanging out on the sides of it. And it's because the stone has like salt deposits in it. And so the goats go out there on this really old dam and like lick the salt deposits. <laughs> well, I, I could see that. That's in Italy. 
Like those goats could climb the fucking Hoover Dam no problem. <laughs> like that that's like the type of incline that they live on. It's fucking nuts. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of those things I'd like to see someday. Just like taking the scale of that and be like, man, fucking people built that. Oh, they see the concrete yeah. in the middle isn't even cured yet. Really? I think so. Or either that or it just took a fucking a fuck of a load a fuckload of a long time for that shit to cure. I mean, because I mean, see, I'm talking out my ass. I don't have any of these facts here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going off things I've heard. But I know the Hoover Dam is like got it's very very thick concrete. Yeah, isn't and it like it, I've heard it's, it's so like... thick that I think it's it either took a very long time to cure or it's still in the process of curing. I would imagine it had to have been cured because that doesn't feel like that's very safe. <laughs> with that much water running through I mean we already saw what happened in Vegas Vegas vacation with the whole bubble gum but <laughs> I bet it just took a long time to to dry or whatever so I heard that it's a it's an urban myth also that like when workers fell in they just buried him in the concrete the, that's just a myth and that for safety reasons they really just couldn't leave a body in there because once the body decomposes it would leave a hollow spot the, you know, like a a adult yeah, sized like a, like hollow spot that would lip. yeah, that would be a weakness in the dam. So how the fuck that's like fish people in there to get them out? Probably. People, if people died, fuck. Did a lot of people die in the construction of it? Um, I just looked up Hoover Dam facts right now. <laughs> the Hoover Dam is seven hundred and twenty six feet high. It is 650 feet thick at the bottom. Holy fuck. 650 feet thick at the bottom. That's a big base, baby. <laughs> oh, my God. 45 feet thick at the top. That's fucking insane. It was finished in 1936. Yeah, if that concrete hasn't dried by now, it ain't good. <laughs> I don't know. I'm interested. That's, well, yeah, here's, that's a, like, here's an article, 14 powerful facts about the Hoover Dam. Here we go. Are they good ones? <laughs> Let me go click on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I was really excited for a second. <laughs> I've only it's been to Vegas this- once and we didn't have the time to go out to the Hoover Dam because that's like a full day trip. So, Oh, no shit. Yeah, because it's like a six-hour drive from Vegas to the Hoover Dam, or four-hour drive, and then the tour's like, if you do the tour, it's like a two- or three-hour tour, and then you got another four-hour drive back, so that's basically your whole day. Wow. Yeah, we didn't play our, plan our Vegas trip very well <laughs> when we went, because it was also for New Year. We were there for New Year's, and we didn't even think about it. The dam contains enough concrete to stretch across the country. Damn, that's a lot. 3.25 million cubic yards of concrete. <laughs> Holy shit. That's, that's, it's hard to even like think about that. Like I'm trying to like picture it in my mind just how much that really is. Oh, when I think about how much concrete I'd need just to do a patio in my backyard and how much that cost. Yeah. <laughs> how long did it take him to build it? Oh, fuck. I already scrolled past that. <laughs> I think decades. 
especially back in that time. Yeah, I don't know, man. I can't find it now. Go figure. <laughs> we need a tech guy on the show. Right. Jamie. <laughs> we, need a, we need a guy in a chair. <laughs> we need our Cisco or we need our, we need our Ned. <laughs> we need our Ned. <laughs> <laughs> Just can't be looking at porn. <laughs> Did I watch that movie again the other day? Cause it, it came on Showtime. And it's I forgot how much I really liked that Spider-Man movie. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with that movie. Michael Keaton does a great job in it. It's just a fun movie. Like his interaction with his suit. Okay, these 14 powerful facts are fucking bullshit. It's like the dam's name is Hoover. (laughs) I'm I'm not impressed by this article. Powerful facts. That was clickbait. Hmm. It was completed in 1936, though. Can't tell you when they fucking started it. Because <laughs> I'm not seeing that powerful fact. Well, apparently some German Nazis tried to blow up the dam in 1939. <laughs> powerful fact. I'm searching it too now. <laughs> this has turned into the Hoover Dam cast. <laughs> Except... <laughs> Be like, did you give us that new Starcast? It ends weird. <laughs> so it took it. It took five years to build. So it started in thirty one. It was built and opened in thirty six. That's impressive. That they built something that big in five years. It, in that time, it cost forty nine million. In this day and eight, or in two thousand sixteen, that'd have been six hundred thirty nine million. Holy fuck! <laughs> right. Jesus. Yeah, it's some impressive shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I can really say. So we salute the Hoover Dam. (laughs) (laughs) Those are impressive people. Good for them. (laughs) Well done. Well done, men of the 30s. Well done. Now I'm reading about other people. There's over 3,000 people (laughs) working on it at the time. (laughs) <laughs> what does this become? <laughs> it's just a huge crack of thunder outside, too. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I think we should probably move towards wrapping this up before we look up any other weird facts. <laughs> right, yeah. Before we just fall into a rabbit hole and just listing shit. Uh, dude, it was so much fun to talk comics with you tonight. Hell yeah, man. It was a blast. And. I know. I know. It took us a while to get to the comics. We had some fun conversation at the start, though. It was great. We gave some good comic talk in there, though. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> this is worthy of the comic talk moniker, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we broke down some stories. So, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and see, so we got a week now. A week and some change to the next uh, episode of Number One Comic Books. Yep. So that'll be super fun. Get together with uh, Rebecca and Brian and talk some comics with them, too. It's probably, probably some more dick talk in there somehow. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be fun to have all all four of us on a start cast. It would be similar to number one comic books with, with no structure. So it'd almost just be like the stuff that doesn't make it into the recording. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just all the break talk. <laughs> Like a behind the scenes episode. <laughs> I know. 
We could make like a Frankenstein of a Startcast episode if we just start recording the break talk. <laughs> just cut it in and throw it all together one day. That's funny. <laughs> of course, that's when like the most inappropriate shit gets said is when nobody, when it's like nobody's recording this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, here we go. <laughs> Let's talk about some really fucked up stuff. <laughs> Oh, hell yeah, man. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, dude. And uh, like we've mentioned a time or two, check us out also on Number One Comic Books. And until next time, this has been StartCast. If you have any questions or comments on what you just heard, you can email me at startcastpod at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at the Tubby Ninja, or you can check out my Facebook page at facebook.com slash startcastpod. Thank you very much for listening. Hey, I'd like to take a moment to ask you all a big favor. If you enjoy listening to Startcast, please log on to iTunes and leave me a review. It uh, really helps with visibility for the show, and um, I would super appreciate it. If you're not a fan and you want to be honest and tell me how much my show sucks, go ahead and leave me one of those too. Hey, if you like all this comic book talk, be sure and check out Number One Comic Books. Uh, that's another podcast that I'm a part of. I do that with Brian from Pop Culture Leftovers, Rebecca from the Animated Batcast, and Rod from Turn It Up to Eleven. Every other week, we each pick a number one comic book, we read all the books, and then we discuss them. Uh, It's always a fun time talking with all of them, and for sure, if you enjoy the vast amounts of comic talking that we go on and on about on this show, (laughs) you're going to want to check out number one comic books as well.